Hey guys, it's Josh. I'm here with Mindwave again. How are you? Jenner's here too. <laughs> so dorky. <laughs> we're doing we're doing an open thing today. I don't want it to be all strict and stringent. We're uh, here today with yeah. Matt King. Say hi, Matt. How's it going, guys? Welcome. So, <laughs> yeah, he is a prominent member of the Yang Gang and has some stuff to say. And we're gonna talk about him for our next installment of Humanity First. So, mm -hmm. um. Who are you, Mac? Like, tell us about yourself. Oh, there's so much. What would you like to learn first? <laughs> okay, so um, let's start with like, where did you grow up? Um, I actually was born and raised in here in Ohio, Northwest, to be more specific. Um, I was born in a very, very smaller town named Vanwert, Ohio, and I eventually, uh, through I mean, not, obviously not my choice. I'm a kid, but um, I end up living in Middle Point, Ohio, and that's basically where I lived most of my entire life until just about like three and a half years ago. And now I'm living in this lovely city of Bowling Green, Ohio. Nice. Okay, oh, that's cool. that's where the famous massacre happened, right? Uh, the what? No, I, th I think that's the other. Was that the other Bowling Green? <laughs> Kentucky. No, that was it, in Kentucky. It, it wasn't a thing. That's what. That was the joke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It I never just, happened. I that I was, was like Kentucky. Uh, yeah. Something weird happened in Kentucky. Everything sure. in the Trump universe happened so fast. I forget the craziest <laughs> shit that happened like five minutes ago. But yeah, I, re I do remember that one. Bowling Green Massacre. Oh, God. Yeah, Good times. I mean, there's two, there's yeah. two Bowling Green. <laughs> I just, I didn't even know there was a Bowling Green in Ohio. I thought there was just the one in Kentucky. Yeah, that's what I thought too, or that's what I thought about the, the Ohio Bowling Green until I tried to figure out when I was moving in here, uh, Bowling Green's um, zip code, and I end up accidentally getting Kentucky's zip code. I felt stupid uh, that day. Oh my gosh, yeah, no, like we um we live in the southernmost part of Arizona on like the right-hand kind of side, more more east, like southeast side, and um. Our our city doesn't have mailboxes in the older part of town because it's all historic. Yeah, no, like we don't have mailboxes, so it's all um, we have PO boxes and all of our oh, stuff okay. has to go to the post office. And like in rural areas out here, we have these wonderful things where you have like the whole neighborhood has one mailbox at like the end of the main road. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like we have those too, and it's just it's really weird. Um, but our zip codes all start with eight, so it's kind of easy. Like they're all they all start with eight. Mm. Yeah, yeah, makes it easier. So anyway, you are yeah. currently living in Bowling Green, Ohio. Um, what what kind of interests did you have growing up that brought you into adulthood? Like what what interests did you carry through adulthood? Oh man, it's been such a journey. Just, just growing up in general, I have a, I went through a bunch of like, I don't want to say phases, but like, I definitely had a lot of, um, you know, like it's the, um, the idea that uh, when you grow up, you eventually like learn like who you are. Uh, that was like, <laughs> like, you know, we had to jump through like the the metaphorical, um, equivalent is like you're running a hurdle event, but you only have a few hurdles. I had to jump through so many goddamn hurdles <laughs> to figure out who I was eventually. Um, it took a lot of, um, honestly, I'll, I'll blame the, the amazing personality I have today just strictly because like I was bullied so much growing up, even as an adult, not just through my high school years too. But, um, I would say like that and more importantly, define my character over, over the course of, um, 
of course me becoming an adult because it um and that's i guess a good reason why i'm <laughs> on the humanity first uh uh tra- hype train because like yeah you know, i've been on the, the other end of the beating stick like like i can i can we need, we need a um what's the word i'm looking for um not so much anger and separation. i feel that yeah. i feel that yeah no the, the 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 divisiveness is carried through like everywhere like mm-hmm. I was talking about in the last uh, the last episode I did the last bit um, I think it was on our Sunday live stream um, how it was like I had family members and friends that had family members that like they just completely went out of touch with over the whole 2016 thing and it just like has mm-hmm. completely pulled everybody apart and like pulled everyone into their own little bubbles of like I'm right you're wrong and just digging their heels in on everything and it's like there's no semblance of compromise there's no talking going on back and forth there's no discourse on like okay well if this idea is stupid then what do you propose like mm-hmm. it's it was like, mainly just a it was like your side's right my side's wrong and vice versa and there was no middle ground exactly was, yeah. exactly and um, like i know i i feel that entirely i mean like um and i had to I had to talk to my dad the other day about this because like i was like was 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 van Wert county always because uh, that's the, I mean, it, the city's named Van Wert, but it, the county's also named after the town, which is weird. But um, in Van Wert County, I was like, hey, like, was was it always like this red of a county? And he's like, well, no, like it was just, and then I was like, so it just dramatically spiked in uh, Trump, the Trump election, and I like, well, yeah, and I was like, like. That like it baffled me because like I mean obviously I grew up I mean I didn't know too much about politics up until the I didn't start giving okay I didn't start giving a shit until the the Bernie Trump Hillary um, election basically mm-hmm. um, and right, right. that's when that's when I started getting more politically engaged and that was when I was like kind of like growing up in terms of like politicalness um, no I didn't say I, I I can look back and say I wasn't the smartest voter back then I mean I didn't vote Trump but. Like, I don't think any of us were because I was a total Bernie bro in 2016. So I was like, you know, exactly. I was really upset. I was really upset when he didn't get the nomination, but like I wasn't, I was smart enough to know that voting for him anyway was just going to hand Trump the election. So I was like, well, as much as I don't like Hillary, I'm like, if I could have voted, it would have been Hillary. Mm-hmm. Like, it would have been her just because I'm like anybody at that point is better than Trump. And it's like only just now are certain people on the right seeing that. And it's like took you long enough, but Mm -hmm. it was definitely needed. Um, Well, there's still like, especially like I I go back to my home County, like quite frequently, at least once a week. And I, they're like, they're still, they're still like, I don't think the much perception has changed in terms of like that area. I mean, it could be different where, different people live but like in terms of like my county like i don't see i didn't see any like resemblance of people backing down that he's like a worse candidate than he was back then like they still think very highly of him yeah yeah i know like they they have not changed and like um well no i I mean we have a whole faction of people out here that are the same way they've just kind of like they've dug their heels in there it's a personality cult and it has a little bit to do with the because they're going to have to admit that they were wrong on some level. You know, I, they, they got conned. They had to, they're you know, trying to postpone they, the you know, inevitable. The, the con man got like, me. And I think that's, that's playing into that a lot. That's no, like, Cause I mean, impeachment's on the table and there's still people out there chanting his name. And I'm like, how are you still like blinded? Like, how do you not see that? 
like Total he's witch going hunt. down like he's <laughs> gonna go to prison like well how? And I, agree, I, I agree mainly with yang about this because like and it's and it's funny because like i think i started watching uh or started really headfirst in the yang's campaign right before the third democratic debate and like maybe like just slightly two weeks before that i was under like i was i was i was gonna vote for bernie no matter what um I didn't really look into anybody else. I just wanted Bernie, and I still had the mindset like, if you support if you support Trump, you're just a racist. Like that that was it. Like there was end of story, no questions asked. And um, I was so emotionally driven. And um, when I started um, watching Yang, and I started seeing those like you know, just hearing him speak, and I was like, hey, listen, like Trump's not the reason, like or not not the you know big reason why things are going shit. He's just uh, you know the the symptom of it all. And I was like, okay, that's a pretty bold statement to make. And then, um, and I, and, and granted my parents are Trump supporters, but like, I don't think they're like, they're racist. I mean, like, I mean, I, I mean, I grew up with them. I don't like, I know they're not racist. And so I was like thinking like, I was having, I was having an internal like breakdown. I was like, like, how can I go around saying, you know, Trump supporters are racist, but like my parents support them. And I was like, there's gotta be some, he's gotta be, there's gotta be some truth to his words here. So I, I gave Yang the benefit of the doubt when talk about Trump supporters. And I when I finally started, like, um, just listening to Yang, I was like, you know, maybe, like, maybe everyone just isn't. Because, like, when Yang, when Yang talked and he was, you know, basically saying, like, listen, they just wanted they just wanted better change because it was, it was, like, the way things were going, it wasn't great. So, like, they just wanted a better change. And I don't, I don't, I can't fault them for wanting better change. They just took a, a, they just took an irresponsible gamble is what how I basically look at it now. And it yeah. was it was and, more a thing of like it was more a thing of like you know he was the only candidate honestly like and I I hate to make it, it was sound a like hail mary pass was, in the middle exactly. of a dumpster fire. It Nobody, was a huge the whole thing, thing was of like you know everything that led up to it. It wasn't even just Trump you know announcing his run and everything. It was so skillfully played and he had some of the best people on his side when it comes to, you know, getting people to turn the other direction while they do something devious. Like, you know, he mm-hmm. was working with Roger Stone and Roger Ailes and like all of, all of these people had his back and that, you know, that really helped him get to where he was. But like, I mean, the, mm-hmm. Repu- the Republican base was so pissed off after Obama, they were so pissed off and they were, they felt so conned and just taken advantage of after obama and they just thought it was the worst thing ever and you know that hit them again in 2012 when he won and that was like they they it felt like they were so desperate for a win it wasn't even a win it It, for a lot of people it was just like fuck it burn it to the ground Honestly, yeah. and that's where that's where my attitude was i mean like i got out of high school and got conned into all kinds of shit and it was just, you know, a really rough time for, you know, being coming of age. Like that was, you know, the 2000, like I would say probably about 2010 until now, if you're coming of age, like fuck good luck. Like mm-hmm. that is like our generation is, I, I would say probably one of the most ill prepared to take on anything. And it's not our fault. Like the most. we've gotten completely screwed in our education in our you know our government laws and you know structures that have been put in place and all the rules and regulations that have been made over the last 50 60 70 years it's like 
things have been stacking against our favor for so, so long. And it's like just been progressively getting worse. So, I mean, a lot of fucking even boomers, young Trump, man. Trump supporters, <laughs> I could totally see the appeal of like, yeah, fuck this shit, burn it to the ground, elect mm. the most ornery candidate, and let's try this again. Like, mm-hmm. I, could I mean, a lot of people, I could see the appeal. To, they liked him just because he, he just told it what came to his mind and didn't give a shit. Exactly. Like, and and everybody like, had been in that mindset. They were so tired of holding their tongue. Mm-hmm. And they 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 were just they were just so you know especially Republicans were just so sick of it so they're like you know what let's just let's just have this guy like if they're gonna like um you know do us dirty like this then we're gonna do them dirty even harder and and I think it's really cool that Andrew Yang isn't a politician because like we can we can kind of still get the same effect like that people were hoping from Trump and I think that's honestly why he's pulling a lot of Trump supporters is that. One of their main reasons that I've heard, at least from the people that I knew personally that voted for him, they've told me he's not a politician and he tells it like it is. Those are the two biggest reasons. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Yang is not a politician and tells it like it is. He just has a little bit more couth about it. Right. And he also doesn't bash like them as well. Because he's, he's like, he's the last debate, it was well 10 composed. minutes of just he's Trump. not. He's not the kind to go up there and say Trump is the the devil. This is this yep. is you know the end of the world. You know he's not making a horror scene out of it. He's saying yeah, this is a problem, but he is not the cause of the problem. He's the symptom. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and that's what a lot of people like. Um, the few like diehard like like just won't change their mind. I was like like at least Yang's not bashing you know you as a supporter for what you what you what decision you made back in 2016. And they're, they, I, the most common reaction I get is, well, well, at least he has that. And like, that's, that's still a win in my book because it still gets in the, to, it still plants that seed that like, he's the only one in, in the field right now. That's not just inherently like saying, you know, the orange man is bad. Like, right. Right. Yeah. Right. And in terms right. of like, I know you brought this up just a little bit ago, but you're talking about how no one wants to admit they're wrong. And that is something that like, like, yes, Trump supporters are really bad at, but it's also something that Bernie supporters are really bad at as well. Oh man. No, it's the same it's exact really thing on bad, both yeah. sides. And now that I'm in the Yang gang and I can kind of see it, like I, I'm almost kind of ashamed to have been a Bernie bro because it's like, right. It's the same kind of all talk and no walk that like, you know, and I don't want to slam Bernie or Bernie it's, supporters, but it's, like, it's not real. His and ideas it's, sound it's just tribal awesome. thing. Like, like, Oh my God, federal jobs guarantee sounds awesome until you realize that it's going to suck and you actually do the math on it. Just, like, and like a lot of people, a lot of people don't like the government anyway. So like, it, yeah. it's just, it's not nearly as appealing. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of people say like, like I know, at least in my area, a lot of my a lot of people in the friend group that I'm in just like, man, like fuck the government. And it's like, but like, but also I love Bernie. It's like, so you like Bernie, and he wants to give you a government job. Is that you want a government job? <laughs> like, yeah, uh, it just it doesn't make sense on my end. At least that's just my and I, and I can say that because like I was, and the one thing that like I don't know, like I'm I'm not ragging on Bernie. I actually like Bernie. Like I, I, like I still, him to, too. I, I love I still Bernie. to this day like Bernie. The only issue I have, and the reason why I personally, and this is why I said before that I wasn't a really, I was still growing up in terms of like politics. That was the biggest election I got. Like me watching the the Obama thing happen. That I was like, I think I was just either right at the voting voting age, and I didn't give a shit, or I was um just slightly under the voting age, and I just had to watch what happened. Um, I can't remember which at the at this exact moment, but um. 
I remember I remember um, going into that saying, oh, you know, I, I see Bernie got arrested for, you know, fighting for civil rights. You know, that's integrity and whatever. And that's what I that's what I clinged on to. I didn't really like I just I just loved him on such an emotional level that I did not care if his policies were feasible or workable with. I just wanted to support him because yeah. I loved his past history, whatever. And that's the problem that a lot of Bernie supporters, and I can say this because I, like two months ago, I was two, a little over two months ago, I was a Bernie supporter and I was just like this is that I was so latched on to his, uh, his integrity from the past that I never gave a, 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 a glance on like what his policies, like how, like breaking down his policies, not. And when that one, that one video that got spread around from the channel Level One Life that explained like, "Hey, here's a fifteen dollar minimum wage that Yang wants, or not Yang wants, what Bernie wants, and then here's Yang's UBI policy here by side by side. Like it's the the UBI actually benefits more, and then like you bring it up and it's like, "Hey, like did you know? Did you know that?" And then they're just like, "Oh no no no! Like Bernie, Bernie this integrity this." And it's like, mm. but but did you? Not, it's not like addressing. a horse. It's like a horse with blinders on. They see something they like, and they're just running it's, towards it, regardless of whether it's actually good for them or not. And that's, <laughs> and I, I, I can say that too because I was a former Bernie supporter as well. And it was one of those things of like I had, I was in the same boat as you. I had a, an emotional attachment. I was like, oh, he's, he cares about us. It was, it was like he cares it's, and he wants us to be better. And he really did. He had good intentions, and he still does. And that's why I like him as a person, because I do not feel like even if we did get a president, Bernie Sanders, I do not feel that his policies would be directed to deliberately be hateful or spiteful towards certain groups of people, unless it's, mm -hmm. you know, like the rich or governments, because that's kind of been his whole platform. He wants to protect people, and I respect him for that. But his plans fall short. Yeah, There's, I uh, that was exactly. It's like we we love the integrity behind him. It's just that his policies are a little are lackluster compared to especially Yang's, and that's the and and that's why I like and again I bring this up. If people don't like to be wrong. It's like I get it. Like it's just becoming more the more the reality that like I'm just American in general, it, just people in general, it's just kind of like becoming a human nature at this point that we just don't want to admit we're wrong. But if if you just kind of like just lean back for a second and just be like, am I defending this for just to not be wrong? Or like, maybe, maybe I should actually like do the right thing here and question it. Even if it means going against somebody I like. Yeah. Right. There's, there's a comparison and a distinction that I wanted to make here. Uh, because unfortunately the, the same thing that we see that explains the, you know, the, the diehard Bernie supporters, the kind of head in the sand thing is the same thing that explains the Trump phenomenon. And exactly. it's, it's a, it's a personality cult. Okay. And I, I realize it's very strong language to describe the phenomenon, but it's accurate. It's a cult of personality. It's not about you know, you could be presented with, with better information or conflicting information. And it's, you, you get that, uh, not cognitive dissonance, but the, the other one, it, it, it feels like a attack on your psyche. You know, if it, if you're, if you're ideologically bound to a personality rather than an idea so that like that explains the Trump thing. It explains the Bernie thing. I realize it sounds harsh, for the Bernie bros. Uh, that's a, also a message to the Yang gang that like, we also need to be compassionate and like stick mm -hmm. to our humanity for shit when we're talking to Bernie supporters and like not, 
you know, cause I know they're starting to come at us with really a lot hard. of anger. Yeah, yeah. And we, we need to just, we need to meet that with, with the Yang Yang love and just stay true to that. Um, and that's, that's what makes Yang different because this is not a personality cult. This is like a humanity cult. If we're going to use the word cult at all. It's a very yeah. data driven. I mean, it's that's, that's non-ideological. Like, yeah. Well, it's just like it's like I I love the bipartisanship between like that is is about him and like like I said before my like my family was diehard Trump but like I I kind of explained to my father like hey I'm going here like I'm I went here in Columbus but also now maybe going to Atlanta for this rally and every time I see him I kind of talk about like hey here's what Yang's been up to and here's a policy about that and then like I can just tell as a Trump supporter that I and. And granted, if he ever hears this or whatever, he he may deny it. But like in the, in the current state and at the time of this recording, he likes Trump, but he's also giving a listen to Yang. And I, what I mean by that is like he's not he 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 agrees a lot with Yang's policies. He's just kind of and I explained this in my Beto video. Um, he's just not very optimistic and where he's where Yang's at right now. So I feel like these people like I feel like if you just are patient if you're really patient with somebody and you don't if you're not a dick and you don't come at trump supporters like bernie supporters and other people come at trump supporters um and vice vice versa to bernie supporters um if you just like just give them some breathing room and don't just blatantly come at them and if yeah as soon as you know yang keeps climbing and climbing you'll see that um a better increase in uh, yang's candidacy because as I explained there, um, the longer he stays, um, the more attraction he will naturally attract. Because right now, there's a lot of people who just who like him, but just don't think he will make it. Yeah, they they don't they think he's and too I mean, good he's to be got, true. He's in a really you know? wide field right now too. So I mean, I can understand why it's they're narrowing. Disheartened. It's, it's right. narrowing. It's getting a it's lot. It's narrowing narrower, fast, but... but like it's still a pretty broad field, and I can see why people would be skeptical. Because I mean, to be honest, this is the most candidates we've had starting. A race, like yeah, on not only side. that, he's, like, his plan crazy. is the it was boldest. Like literally, Donald Trump and Bill Weld, and like that's it mm-hmm. on the left uh, or on the right. There's a couple more, none of them worth. It's yeah, it's it's not. A thing. But like the field for the Democrats was just so wide when it started, and like they had somebody who appealed to pretty much everybody. Everybody was riled up over at least one candidate. You know, so many people I know in the gay community were so hyped for Mayor Mayor Pete. They were like, oh, my God, Mayor Pete's the best. This is amazing. So glad to have a maybe gay president. Like, let's do this. Like, so hype on Mayor Pete. I had people that were stoked for Beto. I had people that were stoked for, you know, Amy Klobuchar even. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, there was somebody in that race for everybody. But I think as time goes on, people are going to realize that the person that's going to help most people is going to be Andrew Yang. And he's going to be the, he's going to be the nominee. Like that's mm-hmm. my hope. Yeah. There is a candidate for everybody, but there I feel isn't like one if candidate Yang for gets everybody. The nomination, that's going to be right, what exactly. turns the rest yeah. of the Trump voters that are on the fence, because it's like, he's the only candidate that they're truly listening to. I mean, they hear Bernie talk and they're just like, yeah, whatever, shut up. Like, Oh they no, don't want to like, hear anything can't... they have to say from Bernie. They're so against him. They're like, he's a socialist. 
he needs to go mm-hmm. down. He's a criminal. Like they, they, they're like so against Bernie. Like he's going to get the same exact treatment as Obama if he gets elected. I have, I, and again, I, as I stated before, I like my home county is in Trump is Trump County. Like seventy eight percent of people in that county voted Trump. Oh yeah, and I have never met one person to this day that has changed their minds on Trump to Bernie. Not one in four years. No, because and the and amount that's of people. And the amount of people who gave Yang a listen has been far more successful. And at least my in my ventures of talking with Trump supporters, I love Trump oh, talking totally. of Trump supporters now. Like I just I just talked to one the other day when I was at work because I know um, somebody at work who is literally a super diehard. Like even like recently went to a um, Trump rally and had like has like the merch and stuff. Right, and I was explaining right. this to her the other night. She like, okay, well, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? What's his policy on this? Policy on that? I answered because, because I'm because I'm such a diehard Yanks supporter. Of course, like I answered every question flawlessly, and I like I just gave her like the straight information. I didn't make it to sound like there was a bias. I just gave her the facts, and eventually, I I even got this person to say, you know, there's a lot of great ideas here, and that was an instant win for me. Even if she's not gonna mm-hmm. vote for him. That's still an instant win for me. That's something in her mind that's going to think back of like, you know, when she's in that voting booth and she has to choose between either Andrew Yang or Donald Trump, she's going to think back to like, okay, am I going to pick the person that makes sense or am I going to go with something that has demonstrably proven itself inept? Like, and it's, so, you we know, need to shift off of Trump. We need to shift off of Trump. This is not a Trump show. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a weird part of the phenomenon, though, because like if you think about it, like the yeah. reason why, the reason why people are switching point. from Trump to Bernie is, like you said, the personality cult of if yeah. they both have a personality cult behind them. Bernie supporters don't want to listen to anything else. That explains some of it. I, I do want to clarify else. that, like they that explains go together, like you know opposing magnets they don't go together they just they pull apart that explains like happen. the diehard trump supporters but it doesn't explain all of the support for trump or, or all of the votes yep. for trump and this is a good pivot point because we actually have a special guest backstage yes, we, do. we have uh, uh do you want to say hi <laughs> uh, there Oh, oh she, it's a uh, wild Alyssa. Not, oh, no, she is not. She's, she's not live. <laughs> she's not live. Is she live? No. I think she might be doing it. I know she was making us a uh, meal earlier, so she might be doing her. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay, whatever. It was worth a shot. <laughs> we need to pivot we'll off of Trump, seriously. We'll see. I'll, um, okay. yeah. I'll, I'll say. I'll say <laughs> this before we uh, before we um, hop off this. I will say this. Um, it is kind of um, a weird phenomenon. That and, and this is this is this is weird coming from somebody who was a diehard Bernie supporter. It it kind of disheartens me more that people who did vote for Trump are willing to give more a listen to to Yang than Bernie supporters are willing to give a listen to Yang. And I find that such a crazy phenomenon because it, that I, is I would true. have never yeah. I would have never expected this. I would have thought that people who were for Bernie would be way more into Yang than Trump supporters in the Yang and that like I, I still to this day can't explain why yeah it's like it, some of the fairest news coverage that Andrew has gotten some of the fairest interviews have been on fucking Fox or just, <laughs> like, or, just conser- or just conservative talk shows in general yeah yeah but when, when I was talking to a male who likes Trump I was like hey sh- I, I have these business cards 
that I pass out. It has those those weird codes that if you hold your phone, uh, mm-hmm. your, um, when you take a picture, it'll pull up it on Google. And, he, and I told him, like, hey, look at this. It's the Joe Rogan podcast. And the guy's like, man, I love Joe Rogan. And I'm like, you're going to love this interview. <laughs> yeah, like with – um, oh, man. Like it's just uh, – I, I forgot where I was going with this. But anyway. Yeah, no, um, Rogan's a good portal. Uh, no, and- yeah, that's yeah the the whole Rogan thing. That's that's what I first listened to because like uh, Jenner had told me about Andrew, and I was like, okay, sure, cool. This guy wants to give me free money. All right, whatever. It sounds too good to be true. He's like in what twenty exactly. third place out of the entire thing at this point. Like whatever, sure. And then like I listened to the Rogan interview, and I had seen like god not shortly after when he was and when he had flipped tucker carlson and like gotten a compliment out of tucker carlson on his ideas it was like what was that the interview when he was whoa. like yes yes yeah yeah that, that was one? it that was it yeah no like he he like literally had like you could see the gears turning <laughs> in, in, in tucker's head he's like oh my fuck this guy makes sense like yeah, that was oh great. man trump's in trouble this guy makes sense <laughs> Uh, oh but, but I, I better great. settle down now because fox is watching <laughs> fox is watching roger ailes is stomping around in hell right now like this can't be happening <laughs> uh it's fine no we're getting we we should uh we need to embrace that whole like it passed the house of representative twice under nixon this is a conservative mm-hmm. idea this is a deeply american deeply conservative my, idea we need to keep coming back like is we can talk about this because the second they say it's socialism i was like well would you like to say that alaska is a socialist state because right. i got news for you i'd be like we almost <laughs> elected that one lady from alaska to be our vice president that one time do you guys remember that do you remember that i don't oh yeah sarah palin oh wait what's her name yeah. oh my sarah goodness palin. Oh god! I can see Russia from oh. my house. What is that fucking? What is that fucking moon movie? Oh, the mo- the one with the where she's president or some version of her is president where oh, she wins, god. and there's there's a Nazi remember. base on the on the opposite side of the moon, and there are these Nazis that escaped after World War II, and they have like World War II oh. era technology, and they're living in this big swastika style base on the opposite side. Of the moon. I have okay. not seen that, but I need and to I, watch it's it. Like, oh, it's like, oh, it's it's fucking it's fucking hysterical because some like Apollo asked some NASA program, and I think it takes place in like, yeah, I guess it's current. Uh, an astronaut goes down, and it's a black guy, and they like see a black guy for the first time, and these people who've like lived on the moon their their whole lives, and their their only interpretation of uh of Adolf Hitler comes from. Uh, the the Charlie Chaplin film, The Great Dictator, except they took out all the satirical parts. So they thought that it was like this. It was like a 15 minute version that was just like all hailing the great dictator. And that was like their whole like, oh, yes, they didn't get the rest of the speech. Anyway, it's it's a fucking hilarious movie. It's just total, huh. total fucking what? God, what is it? Iron. Uh, yeah, Iron Sky, exactly. <laughs> Iron Sky. Iron Sky. Oh, hey. Yeah. Hi, she's here. <laughs> I came out from the ashes. And suddenly, a wild Alyssa appears. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we we called on you earlier, but you weren't oh, here. Oh shit! Sorry, guys. I was eating. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. I told you. I called it. Yeah, I was eating. But no, no. Yeah, you're right. It's Iron Sky, uh, 2012. 
Oh my god, that shit I'm gonna have is to watch fucking that. We're hysterical. Have to watch that together. We'll do a movie review. It'll be great. I yes. still got, I I have to get this bitch to watch so many movies. It's... I know there's like a whole <laughs> list of shit that I haven't seen. And he's like, yeah. oh my god, we gotta watch this. Yeah, no, nice. we're anyway, gonna make it happen. So sweet. <laughs> now that Alyssa's here, because I really wanted her to be here for this part, Mac. Um, I wanted to ask you, what was your pivotal, pivotal, pivotal moment <laughs> that English, um. And switching from Team Bernie to Team Yang, like what was what was the defining moment for you? Um, I'll explain this as I explained. I actually did another um, podcast today, and I'll explain it the same way. Um, I was um, I was just scrolling on Facebook one day, and I seen just like this little this little quip of Andrew Yang. It's like it's like uh, this candidate breaks down crying on stage because he imagined it was his kids getting shot, and. I saw that, and my initial thought was like, "Wow, that's such a human, like a human, a human moment." But then, like the, um, is it pessimistic? Like when you look at something really bad, pessimistic, uh, pessimistic, yeah, yeah, pessimistic, the, yeah. The pessimistic side of me was like, "Is this a politician who's just trying to play on the hearts of the Americans?" And I was like, "Oh, okay." I didn't. I gave him the benefit of doubt, but I still, you know, was reserved. And then there was this one day where, um, I had seen. Uh, I was just scrolling through Facebook and for some unholy reason or holy reason, how you want to look at it, I see in my recommended view, uh, Joe Rogan podcast, Andrew Yang. And I was like, I know that name. <laughs> and then I just remembered that it was the politician that was crying. And I was like, oh, okay. It's this dude. And I was like, I just like gave it a click. And like, literally, if, like within the first like 10 minutes, I was one. <laughs> because of how like just how much sense this dude was making and i was like at first i had my reservations but like i was like yeah this guy makes a lot of sense and then like i could slowly feel like i was not feeling the burn as like for each minute that passed. <laughs> <laughs> the burn was cooling off that, that, the, yeah the burn, the burn was, was the bur- cooling I, down <laughs> put some icy hot on the I got, I got i got icy hot dang <laughs> was the icy hot to yeah. me I was like, oh my gosh, I feel the Yang wave going on. And I was like, <laughs> and I just like, I just, had, I just had, like sat there and I had a moment. And I was like, wow, I don't think I'll, I, I think I like this guy more than Bernie. And then it was just like a downward spiral. So like, I just kept up. I like end up just like just randomly Googling him after that interview. Cause I really enjoyed it. And then I started seeing videos by Paget. I started seeing videos by Kai. I seen like shaving of totally just starting his, like starting his early videos. Mm. And like I just got like, like addicted <laughs> to hearing this man talk, because uh, they always played clips clips from him, and I was, I just got addicted like really fast. And then I was like, um, I I had a YouTube channel, but I didn't really um like do too much. It was a gaming YouTube channel, and I just like I lost my will to like keep pumping out videos just because like moving and like not having the time because I worked and like, I couldn't think like, I couldn't think of what content I wanted to bring people. And um, then I had the epiphany. I was like, what if I turn this into a Yang channel? Cause I, I see these people and they're, they're getting successful. What if I should try this? So I made a video about that. And I was in like the first like Yang gang video I made, it was like, I like, I'm now officially Yang gang. And like, I was just instantly flooded with some love from comments and I'd never gotten that quick of a response. And I'm like, these people are so nice. <laughs> yeah. Yang Gang is so nice. And I never seen a, like a shred of like the toxicity that we kind of mentioned about the Bernie um, supporters. And it was just all love, all compassion. No one really bashing each other. 
And then I made like um, a follow up video because like I wanted to see Andrew Yang in person. I really wanted to see him in back. I was just like it was like a, it was it was like almost like an unhealthy addiction. Like for like two or three weeks straight, I woke up, I would like get on a game, and I would like all, while I was doing that, I was always listening to something by Andrew Yang. Was, <laughs> yeah, you know, that was alone. my drug basically. For <laughs> no, you're really not alone. Like honestly, it is extremely addictive because it's very refreshing to hear. I, well, first of all, he's just a flat out genius. I think. I mean, graduating oh, from yes. like Brown and whoever, like this is he's that, and then also he's super charming in like a really quirky, nerdy way, and he's just very super compassionate and relatable. So it really is I like really a breath. I love his dad humor. Yeah, <laughs> I love his dad humor so much. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a tin. Like I love what he can. Yeah. Like he can actually like I, you can tell when like someone like Elizabeth Warren is like like trying, trying too hard to, to us. yeah right it, yeah right. It, it's it makes it like we're so used to that kind of the politics, fakeness we can yeah really see it yeah the fakeness behind it we can see through it and when you see Yang and his general sincereness like, about oh. what, whatever he's talking yeah. about whatever he's joking about he's so relatable like he's like and I remember that one smear piece that came out I was like the average Joe running for president whatever but I was like but that's what I like about exactly. him he's just an everyday American who wants change. Yeah. And that's why we like him. Exactly. Yeah. To a, lot, to a lot of people right off the bat, like little things that go viral like that, like him doing the electric slide for at the jazzercise <laughs> class mm-hmm. or whatever, or when he's saying, um, just recently he's, he was singing some mm-hmm. thing and, and people were like, oh, whatever, you know, like she's just playing. They were like crapping on him. And then like somebody else is like, yeah, he was like, that was like an event you for like musicians with autism for like an autism event and uh, uh. yeah somebody was calling it tone somebody was calling him and his policies tone deaf <laughs> and it's just like wow. uh, and it was like t- talk uh. talk about tone deaf dude like this guy he was doing and it's a, like oh by the way he was in an geez, autism yeah. benefit at the time and then they're just like oh playing yeah there was there's like a whole mu- wow. musicians for autism it was a it was oh my a gosh thing. speaking of and, autism andrew's just genuine like that speaking man. of autism this is totally autism topic uh have either of you guys seen the show on netflix atypical i've heard of it Ooh, i've never seen it oh, i don't think my so God, check it out so if you've ever watched united states of Terra with tony collette plays the mom and she has did multiple personalities um and she did an amazing performance in the movie Her- uh, hereditary as well my partner and i just watched uh-huh. it and she was like really really good in it she just she does so well playing characters with like mental problems right and her son mm. in the TV show United States of Terror that was on Showtime a few years back. Um, the actor that plays him is the lead in this new show. And he's like an 18 year old kid with autism. And he's like trying to go out in the world and like maintain a job and find a girlfriend and, you know, try to just be normal. And like, it really like accurately shows his struggle. I feel like. It's nice. like a really good representation. Mm, oh, is it's is like so... is is that the cute one? When yeah, I was walking, yeah. I was it's like, like so oh, that's well that's written. Written. It's it's the cute one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was he watching so, was something the it. other night because he lives right next door, and I was like out there and was chatting <laughs> something on the TV. I was like, oh, that's a cute one. <laughs> oh, that's a cute one. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, probably gonna have to put that on my watch list. Yeah, uh, I will be able to get to it in thirty-five years. 
after I get through all the fucking anime and the movies and the this and the that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm like 15 years behind on video games. Oh god, don't even get me started on that. Oh Mac, I was gonna ask. Mac, I was gonna ask, what do you what's gaming? What's your games? Yeah. What's your game games of uh choice? Oh my nerd questions. <laughs> yes, I love nerd questions. Oh my gosh, right up my alley. Um, so if it depends, because like if I'm if we're just talking about what I normally like, like on average what I normally play, I am more or less a PC game PC gamer now. Um, my uh, usual yes. my usual go to games <laughs> are usually either League of Legends, um, old school RuneScape, uh, Hearthstone, um, and Dead by Daylight. Yeah, those are good ones. Nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, um, I used to. God, um, I wish Michael was here right now. He's he would like totally be down with this conversation. He's missing out. <laughs> My boyfriend is such a gamer. He's like he's super. He just got a copy of The Outer Worlds, and we're like loving it. It's so freaking good. Mm-hmm. I'm like I, lo- I like The Sims. <laughs> <laughs> no Sims is. Fun. Hey, don't you trash Sims? No, you leave them out of us. I fucking love. I fucking love The Sims. I'm uh, yeah, a God, classic. He mods the fuck yeah. out of his Sims games, and it's so much fun. There is nothing Mo- more therapeutic than building a house and watching. Actually, he mods the it. fuck into those games. I oh say. no! See, it's it, it's uh, it's even worse on my end because it's like heavily, heavily modded. Mm. Like the, the modding community in oh, games God. is very intense and very crazy. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna do an episode about that at some point. Oh, Probably yeah. for the after show because yeah, that's really fun. It's it be gets into some dark web shit. Nice gamers for you. Yeah, like I yeah, will say, yeah. I will say, like these are like my classic, like my usual go-to games. However, I am a die-hard Legend of Zelda fan in terms of like oh, the old school. Oh, nice. okay. Yeah, like Nintendo sixty-four. Okay. Like I love the both yes. the two games that came out. I love okay, Ocarina, yeah, like no, Ocarina you and Michael time are gonna get along great. Yep. You and Michael are gonna get along great. <laughs> I have two, I have two Legend of really Zelda tattoos. Oh my! Both inspired by Ocarina of Time. Oh well, yeah, you do. Uh, wow. So I'm guessing a Triforce and uh, another Triforce. <laughs> no, okay, okay. So over my heart, I actually over my heart, I actually have a Ocarina of Time heart container. Over oh my, heart. my god! Yeah, that's oh, so cute. That, that is and so then, cute. And then on my left arm, it's it's kind of like half douchey, but because um, <laughs> like I seen this like I was like I was like oh no tribal tattoos are kind of the douche thing now at least at the time it was I it probably uh, still are um, but it was like um, I seen this like tribal um, um, Hylian falcon or Hylian eagle. Um, tribal tattoo and then in the tattoo it has a triforce in it as well so it wraps around i'm skinny as shit so like it wraps around my entire arm up to my elbow and <laughs> it's just a black eagle that looks kind of tribal and then it has like, a yellow heart or a yellow triforce on it Lame. oh, oh so like cool that. yeah that was mm-hmm. my first favorite franchise the first uh the first Zelda game i ever had was the gold cartridge on the original oh, nintendo gun yeah, it's that is lost to the sands of time. But yeah, that was my first favorite franchise. So all and then like once it hit N sixty four, it was like fucking game over. Yeah. Um, and they've only gotten better. I think the 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 last one that I was I I started on uh, Twilight Princess and I almost finished it. And I don't I think made Skyward Sword and it like since then it's like I haven't gotten it because I just don't have time. Right. You know. Um. I, a I all time favorite both, franchise. I beat both the Nintendo sixty four ones and then I. 
like you, I started Twilight Princess, and I was getting closer to the end. But this is the era of family video, and this is when we had to rent games. And oh, yeah. I got to a certain point in the game, my parents were like, nope, we gotta take it back. And I was like, I'm not fucking done wow. yet. <laughs> and then I had to sell my GameCube, and I never got to finish it. No. Yeah, so like that's like one of my bucket lists is to fucking <laughs> Really? <laughs> See, I had... It's cute. I had a pawn shop Nintendo 64, and can I just say, I am a slut for Mario Kart. A <laughs> slut oh my, for Mario Kart. Oh my Kart. gosh. Should, that, is, uh, that is the epitome of my childhood. That and Super Mario 64. Oh, oh my, god. my god. Yeah, That Super blew Mario my fucking 64. mind. That, that was the first game where you could go around in an open world in three dimensions, yes. and it was like, yeah. what the fuck yeah. and doing the, yeah, the wall no, kicks shit and like shit and doing the flips <laughs> oh my god that was a, the the triple jump and the oh my god that that game blow blew my fucking mind now i, I look at <laughs> okay. it I'm like, oh my can god we, can like- we talk about like, i don't know what, what age you guys i don't, I don't know what, what age you guys were when you started playing this but when i started playing super mario 64 the first time the fucking ghost like the ghost level scared the shit out of me yes like, so no, damn bad and that. i played it I played it over the summer again um, when I was uh, in my own cabin at Cedar Point when I was performing, and I was I playing it. I'm like, what the fuck did I find scary about this map? Like, <laughs> like it was so. It was just the music. I, I I swear it was just the music. Oh yeah. No, but they did that well. They 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 were really good about making the music interesting because you know at that time they couldn't mm-hmm. really make the backgrounds and the textures and stuff super believable. So it really kind of heavily relied on the exactly. the ambiance of the music for those mm-hmm. games. And I think that's really what set Nintendo apart is they were really good at doing that. Yeah. For the time, I mean, now texture mapping and lighting and and like particle. Oh my effects god, and we shit, have freaking ray insane. tracing on the consumer market now. Like, how it fucking is crazy is that? Like, <laughs> for, uh, going for like old school technology has changed. It's crazy. Like old school gaming franchises, like from the beginning, like Tomb Raider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember playing the very the first Tomb Raider. Tits. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, with, yeah, full on Madonna triangle tits. And uh, just going through. No, my god, Tomb Raider 1, yeah. Yes. Bitch. <laughs> oh with the mansion, and watching that franchise <laughs> evolve. And then with the, with the movies, and the new movie was fucking fantastic. It was great. Right? And the new game, the newest games are mind blowing. Oh, yeah. They're no, have you so seen, fucking Have you good. seen what fucking EA has done with the texturing on like Star Wars Battle? Battlefront and shit and the no. new ones like oh my god you can watch the yeah. like my buddy plays it in 4k and it looks fucking stunning like it looks real like it looks fucking real like yeah it's so accurate and just like precisely made now that it's like you know looking back at like the old blocky shit that we had in the 90s was like this is funny wow. we like bring up how the, the realism behind this and this is something i like to argue i like to argue people uh, when like especially like the trucking industry, how they said how they talk about teleoperating will be moving like a video game, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's too futuristic. It won't happen in our I lifetime." Even... I was like, "You play? Do you play today's video I know. games?" They don't even know. <laughs> do you even know? No, no, yeah. I can show it's you the nuts. world. Seriously, <laughs> exactly. It's we we are approach we are in the uncanny valley. It in terms of gaming now. We are in the uncanny valley yeah. very soon. It will be ind- indistinguishable from real life. 
and that's gonna blow people's yep. fucking minds. It's I, my mind is pre blown. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, oh, and I'm like, man. VR, VR is getting I'm so jealous. realistic now. It's like it's so crazy. Like, we're it's that's gonna be the new standard. Like, Ready Player One is gonna be a fucking reality. Like, oh, for sure, yeah. I'm just next, jealous. I'm just jealous of these little years, assholes in the generation below me that get to experience this while they're still in their youth, and I'm gonna be 40 years old trying to get on a treadmill to play virtual reality. <laughs> <laughs> Still halfway there. I'm gonna know? be out of my prime. <laughs> hey, we, we are gonna have sexy robot exoskeletons, or we're gonna be able to download exactly. our brains into like some unless, yeah, unless crazy sex Some future, um, unless, some Futurama esque downloadable sex robots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless this, this is a um, sword, uh, unless this is a sword art online <laughs> without the like really negative consequences. <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah, I mean, listen, our skins are gonna be freaking top notch. That's the point, though. I mean, like, this is, um, it's funny how people will doubt it. I mean, are we doing that with drone strikes already? Like, people are in planes and shit. Like, we already are doing this. The military is actually, like, one of the, like, the industries that are, like, ahead of technology the most. So it's so funny how they kind of keep that under wraps from, like, the general public. It's like, yeah, we are already there. It's just a matter of, like, fine-tuning it. I mean, let's just think about it. In order to be an astronaut or a pilot, you have to do flight simulation, and flight yes. simulation is a video game. Yes. Okay, but mm-hmm. think about think about this for a second. Okay, because I just found this. I just found this out. Ooh. Like, if you're like a commercial pilot, okay, you're like the like the plane flies itself. You're just there to take over in case anything mm-hmm. goes wrong. Yes. So like, exactly. it's all fully automated. Exactly. And you're not allowed to fly the plane. Exactly. Like you're just there as a backup, <laughs> and that's what's going to happen with truckers. You're just there to monitor everything, and then eventually, and then when, the flight, when the plane yeah. stops flying itself, you take over. Yes. They literally just have to take yeah. off and land, and then it just flies itself. Exactly. Even then, like they 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 can automate that that entire. That's why there mm-hmm. aren't any fucking. That's like why plane crashes are super rare, like crazy events. Mm-hmm. When there's like how many fucking uh, no, it's something I, like I, you're 150 would, times more likely. To die on a highway crash than you are in an airplane. There's crash. like, and that's uh, for a God, reason. what is it, 80, yeah. 80 to 100,000 airplanes last, in the sky at once or something at any given last, time? Yeah, the no, like my dad works for the FAA, so like he had all the stats and stuff, like all the radio controls and stuff is like, that's that's like his domain for like their weather information and everything to and from the towers. Like, so. I mean, with all of the communications that they have, like those planes are connected to the ground at all times. Like realistically, mm-hmm. even if they didn't have a pilot on board, on board, you can fly those planes from the ground. Oh, exactly. Yeah. If you need to, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. No, like I think, I think the last the, the last time I remember something bad happening with the Malaysia flight that went missing in the ocean. That's the last time I remember something bad happening. Airplanes. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, they're, they're freak events, you know. It's yeah. Like when you consider how how many flights there are per day, it's in, it's insane. Yeah, oh, and I mean, not to mention all is. the all the scheduling and the routing and the timing of the flights. That's all done by computers too. I mean, all of it mm. is controlled so that yeah. they don't overlap their paths. Like, and the computer yeah. has an algorithm that tells it this is how we're scheduling all these flights and at what altitudes and which paths are crossing so that we don't have planes hitting each other in the middle of the sky. Yep. They do it so that it's oh all... man oh man yeah. we need to not talk about this we have we have a global <laughs> audience I know we have listeners in China and Russia so <laughs> we don't want to give them any I know, ideas everybody, uh, everybody in Ukraine right now sitting down like shit mm, interesting I like <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry Please, Intel Mr. community Joshua, my bad more. 
No, that's a good point. Somebody <laughs> in my... that they have Americans planes in the sky. We can take down with computer. Jesus, welcome to Mindwave. I'm just laughing at the accent was so on point. Oh, no, that's like a whole thing. We're, um, I'll let you guys in on a secret. We're going to be doing like little characters and voices and stuff on the show starting very oh, soon. My. I, um, oh, I my. I want to get into doing like stand up comedy and stuff. So I want to get, I want to do like characters and stuff every <laughs> once in a while. Oh, my time. God. And on that note, on that note, you guys stick around. Uh, you, <laughs> Alyssa and Max, stick around yeah. uh, after the. <laughs> After the uh, recording here, because I'm going to tell you guys something super crazy cool and secret that nobody else gets to know. <laughs> oh but since God. you're here today, yeah, sorry guys, listening. You, get, you guys are getting trained. You get secrets. this. You get the scoop, and it's fucking crazy, Woo! and you cannot tell anyone. No problem. Absolutely. My lips are sealed. I mean, I mean, legitimately fucking crazy. Moving on. <laughs> okay, yep. now I'm even excited because I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think I do. <laughs> It was on. It was along the lines of doing character, characters. Oh, right, right. Okay, I know. I got you. All yeah, right. I know. I know what he's talking about. We have <laughs> so, a, we have an idea, and nice. we want to share it with you. It's super great. Holy shit. So, so oh, speaking God. of accents, speaking of accents, and I believe I told Elizabeth this story. It's just like a funny, like a little funny story about myself. Okay. Um, my first experience at a gay bar was super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm straight, but I still love going to gay bars with my friends. It's fun. Um, gay bars are the best uh, bars. I don't honestly. blame. Oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I would rather go. I would rather go to a gay bar than a, a normie normie night. Like <laughs> normie anyway, bar. Anyway, anyway <laughs> no normie bar. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm the first time I went. Um, I uh, got handed drinks left and right, and I was probably like eight drinks in before I realized like, hey, I probably should stop. And I didn't pay a dime for any of it. No, and, and that's the great thing about going to gay bars is that if you're cute, you get free drinks all night <laughs> yeah. long. I just want to say, sure. I just want to say, I have never had this experience every time I've gone to a gay bar. I've been like the awkward guy in the corner. <laughs> oh, don't God. laugh at him. That's not like the funny. fucking nerd. We and though. like, we love you. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. So, so at one point in time, and, and at this point in time, I was with a gay coworker and a girl I was like seeing a little bit. And um, it got to the point where um, we were like getting ready to leave. And like this uh, couple came up to me and it was really obvious they were flirting with me. And then like by the end of it, they're like, so like, if you want to like come back to our place and I was like dead eyeing like the girl behind them that I liked. And I was like, please save me. I'm in too deep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and so my, my gay friend and her came up and like, we literally um, like moved away. And then like, we're like, shit, how do we get home? We actually kind of just all decided to drink tonight. And then like, what we ended up happening mm-hmm. was that we pretended Okay, I, I knew a little bit of Swedish at the time, but we pretended to be foreign exchange students in a fucking right home. Whoa. Wow. That is yeah, fucking hilarious. Great. Yeah, my, my, my gay friend knows a, like a lot of Spanish, so he was like really fluent in what he was saying. <laughs> I knew I knew a bit in Swedish, and I, I, I was blonde here, so I, I was I could very easily pass oh. as a Swedish, Swedish citizen. And then uh, the girl was pretending to be French, but we told her to shut the fuck up because she doesn't know French. 
<laughs> so yeah yeah the whole time like we asked this straight couple that were coincidentally there if they would take us down the road and they're like yeah sure so like while we're in the car me and him are laughing in our language like in the different language and she's like trying to laugh and say some word like like literally shut the fuck up like you're gonna ruin this yeah you're gonna oh, <laughs> um, wow. yeah. So, yeah so when it comes to being like socially awkward or being in a weird situation like that and having to like like get out in that moment like i had so many problems like socializing growing up that like when I was walking down the street and I saw people coming towards me that I knew I would pull my phone out of my pocket and fake a phone call as I, I walked fu- past. Oh my God. That's actually very so common. that I didn't have to talk to people. <laughs> I shit you not. I was like, so like good at avoiding conversation that I would fake a conversation to avoid having a real conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, that's honestly a I, lot okay, of people. Okay, don't do feel that. bad. Yeah, no, a lot of people do, I do still, that. I still kind of do that. Yeah, I'll probably like, play. The first time I went. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the first time I went to try to go. The first time I tried to go canvassing for Yang, I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm so hyped. And when I like got outside, I was like, holy shit. I, 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 I overestimated my confidence. Here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to talk to random people. I need a group. Yeah, exactly. Group. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I could do it. Yeah. Interesting. I, yeah, no. I, they offered for me, they're like, go, go, go phone banking and, and go door to door and all that stuff. And I'm like, I, oh, God, I. <laughs> I'm not likable. I don't know how. I- <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Nobody's gonna listen to me. Uh-oh. No, I get it. Like yeah. this is the the funny thing is that many of us found out by gang on the internet. So a lot of us are like homebodies, and we're kind of like antisocial a little bit. So that I I understand why it's not for everybody to go out and canvas and phone bake and whatever, even text banking. It's just like. I just want to do my thing and then like help them win and and just different ways to do it like having a podcast like this you know this this does help you know in that right and that's kind of where I'm like that's kind of where I'm comfortable is like I'd rather be behind the mic than yeah and like on camera or like out in public just because I'm like I'm not mm-hmm. sociable like that I I only do social outings in small bursts like I'm not yeah not that kind of person to like mm-hmm. want to go out like a very mm-hmm. rare occasion do I get like the ruse to go be a extrovert and like go have fun mm-hmm. and go drink and you know hang out with big groups of friends and like it's it's not something that I do very often yeah See, but like, like it just it yeah no it's it's weird for me I don't know it, I get like that like if it's like when I I have like I'm super introverted when I'm initiating anything at all any kind of social structure if i'm initiating it there's a like a 0.1 chance that it's gonna work like <laughs> because i'm usually just like you know uh this is too high risk for me in terms of like social awkwardness mm. but like if i'm talking of somebody like one person and one person joins in it's like and if more people keep joining it's like a domino effect like i'll open up like dramatically for this but like it's, it's so weird because like i'll open up to, like a, a crowd of people if I'm talking about something I like, I know my facts on, and I'm like really like passionate about, but you get me to want like, go to go, like, Hey, go talk to that one person over there about Yang. I'll be like, Oh, but that's kind of yeah, awkward. That, that would be awkward <laughs> for me too. Yeah. No, we're all, we're all doing our part in our own way. Which yeah. Is yeah. An important, no. uh, reminder plug that we Having are worked fast in the secure the Yang challenge announcement. Hey, secure Woo! the Yang challenge. Check out that episode. Woo! Go to mindwave.media slash goals. Check out our Secure the Yang shit because that's very cool. We're trying to help Andrew get some ad spot.
moving on. Yes. Moving on. Awesome. <laughs> Having worked fast food a lot of my life, um, it's kind of like, you know, they a lot of my managers and stuff had a saying of aces in your places. And honestly, I think that's kind of how we need to work with the campaign is like, stick with what you're good at. Like, we're good at doing this. So yeah. this, this is mm-hmm. where our niche is. This is how we can help. And then everybody does their own thing that, that they do best. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it just works better that way. No, I agree. So, well, I don't know. I just- I just did an interview with Russell when I was asking him, like, hey, you're going to go to Georgia? And he goes, he goes, honest, man, like, like I need to get some ground game here in uh, New Hampshire because that's, like, where I need to be. And I, I thought about it. I was like, okay, that's, like, that's his strength. So, like, we, we need him to stay there. So I would rather him stay there and get some heavy groundwork in New Hampshire than to, to sacrifice a bit of time there to go to Georgia when it's not going to mean much when a bunch of us are already going. So we're going to cover him. Like, yeah, exactly. So like, a lot my, of us, there's a group of people that tend to just travel to each and every one of these debates and kind of support and they're able to do that, you know, and it's fun. And it's like, we're, we kind of bring like the, the army, I guess, to the, to the DNC, like, Hey, Yang does have supporters. I would love to go to a Yang rally. I will say, Oh my God, you would get your mind blown. I convinced Tully to come to, to go Iowa. To first one. I could do, I'm telling you, I convinced Tully from Jake with Tully to go, to come to Iowa, to Yangapalooza. And legit, he's still there right now. He was planning on just being there for three days. But he's like, fuck, I'm going to be here for another week. Like he, his mind is completely turned now. Like he, he knows that Yang can win because the energy is real on the ground. So I, I want to meet you guys so mm-hmm. bad, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It'll happen. Oh, It'll oh, happen. No. Yes. Um, Hey, so we are right about at an hour. Uh, we're going to take a short break. Um, we'll come back here in just a moment. We're not going to play an ad because fuck that shit. Um, <laughs> so against advertising. Say, you guys yeah. know that by so, now. So, uh, you know, uh, listeners and guests alike, if you need to do a quick potty or get a beverage, uh, this would be the time to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and turn off recording, have a few minutes here to Stretch our legs, smoke a cigarette, grab a drink, whatever. <laughs> um, and we'll be right back. Yay. Mm. Yay. Yo, Mac was freaking out earlier. He's like, shit, they come all already. He's like, no, it didn't. I, for, for a second, I thought it was time for Rick and Morty. I was like, oh, wait, I got three days. Thank God. Oh my God, Rick and Morty! I know. I was Rick like, Morty, Rick and Morty, did you guys see oh my, my Facebook post? Oh my God, I was Rick like, Rick and Morty premieres on the tenth, <laughs> and the first impeachment hearings are on the thirteenth. Get some popcorn. And, and the new episodes of South Park <laughs> are fucking amazing too. Oh my God, might, I, might I add? Oh my God, the new the newest episode, uh, newest episodes of South Park are just have me they're dying so, so like <laughs> oh my god and i love it they're getting so much more political with it with each <laughs> season and i love it fucking pc principal on the halloween costumes yeah. thing i was losing my fucking <laughs> shit fucking no America's- when they fucking the most latest one where they had fucking president Garrison come back he's like you just gotta flip around and make yourself the victim like, watch you, you you be the he's like you tried on me go ahead <laughs> You tried on uh, me. And fucking Tally. Tally's like a central. Ca- what the fuck are you talking about? The fucking Mr. Hanky episode had me dying. <laughs> Mr. Oh my god. Yes. When they get when he gets like exiled because he keeps oh getting high god. on Ambien and, and you know tweeting what was so fucked up shit. About that name is they said they called it the title of that episode was The Problem with a Poo, like P-O-O. And it was so perfect because it was playing off the title of that documentary that they did 
on Apu, the character in The Simpsons, that they're like, oh, is he racially like stereotyped or whatever? But it's like nobody realizes that the actual character, like he's like actually got like a doctorate's degree and this and that. And he's actually like a respected member of the Simpsons, you know, community in that universe. But like they were yeah. making a whole thing out of it. Like, oh, uh, well, the fact that they make him Indian, he's voiced by a white guy. Is justice. Like, yeah. Yay. Hey, so by the way, did you guys know we're recording? We're back. We're back. We're back. Yeah, I like he to do that. He likes to do that, to, do that to, to me sometimes. I'll just come uh, back, just yeah. I, I've shit. collected uh, I've collected a lot of really funny shit. Uh, like for the after show, <laughs> for example, I got I got you singing the chorus to uh, "All You Ladies Pop Your Pussy Like This," which was fantastic. I went home last night yeah. and Michael was sleeping on the couch, and I did that shit, and I was like. Yeah, that, I captured that shit without his consent. It's beautiful. <laughs> nice. Uh, it's great. So, oh where, God, where the fuck are we? Oh, so <laughs> what's we're back Post. with with Mac and Alyssa, and <laughs> we're having a grand old time here. Um, so to pick up kind of where we left off, uh, I know we were kind of talking about like what your come to Jesus moment with the Yang movement was. Mm-hmm. Um, moment with the movement. That was a that was a weird thing. Um, anyway. and also <laughs> mental health and uh, circus performing stuff like that. Right. Yeah. That's what I was so gonna say. Like we're gonna we get need to now is what uh, uh like we talked about your origin story a little bit. We need to talk bit. like what what do you do now? Who are you and what do you do on the planet of Earth that we live on currently? Because <laughs> you round, do very interesting round, and important and let me cool just work. clarify it is round. The earth <laughs> is a sphere. Oh mostly. Boy. Let's not go it's an there. Oblate, oblate spheroid is the technical term, kids. Spherical. My planet is the roundest. Science. has a planet like I do. <laughs> science. <laughs> Math, science, we're all about that shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, do we, so, we don't have it this week in science, do we? No, we don't. <laughs> shit. I can look. I don't know. Sure. I want to do a whole. <laughs> on the five you guys are like crackheads up in here. Anyway, anyway, we were. T- uh, I was going to ask look, you what yeah, was continue. your uh, what was your uh, growing up like? Like how was how was that? Like where? What did you? What do you do now in adulthood? What is your adult life like? Um. Well. And what um, I've there? pretty much been in a medical field situation for probably like eh, a good four fifth. That's weird. I know it's a weird fraction, but about four fifths of my entire work career. <laughs> um, I started off as um, I, I worked at a like my, my first ever job was a um, what's it called? You work at a car wash, yeah. Like I was, I was a towel boy at a car wash for like three months, and it was my first job. And I was uh, luck over a stupid ass reason, but anyways, uh, after that, um, I moved to uh, home health and hospice uh, delivery. And I basically just delivered meds, hospital beds, oxygen, the works. Uh, I did that for about two years, and I moved to medical retail from the same company. Um, I did medical retail for about a year. And then I, my dumbass got the idea to move um, away to be around these people who I thought were my friends. And it turns out they're just, like, complete oh, – one eh. – there, there was a big toxic you know, toxic group. And, I, and then again, I said – I save a lot of my. I've been there. I feel that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot of my success now is and is based off of the experience, the bad experience I had, with, mainly rolling around them. I had a really bad traumatic experience happening around them, those people. But after I moved away from that job to go to a factory job for six months, 
just so I could hang around these people. And uh, when that didn't work and I had something really shitty happen to me, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going back. Uh, but um, I kind of left um, that that previous job on bad terms because I didn't give them two weeks notice. So right. Because right. Factory, via factory was like, no, you got to work starting this date. And no, fuck your other job because you're starting there now. So I was like, oh, fuck. Okay, sorry. Um, so um, I happened to – my mom at the time worked at um, – this mental health hospital, mental health behavioral hospital. And um, my dad's like, hey, like, you can apply there. I think you'll get in. It should be a big deal. So I applied there. And I actually have been working there ever since. Um, I'm, like, slow. I'm like, I'm, like, a few months away from being four years there. Um, well, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah, no. It's the longest job I've ever had. Like, It's good to have the- something that's stable. I don't think I've ever been in a job longer than, like, uh, two years. I think is the longest I ever held a job. Mm-hmm. And it was like the one job that I should have never stayed at for more than a year, like ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I, and I like, it, it's a, it's such a mentally taxing job, but like when you compare it to like, like um, other, a lot of like a lot of jobs, especially without like any kind of um, education past high school, I think it's a good job. Um, at least to me, but I've, I've come to grow to know how to handle the job. Um, Cause when you're dealing with uh um, I guess like suicidal uh, people, people who struggle with uh, mental health or people who struggle with addiction and behavioral, um, you kind of learn to deal with um, a lot of the the bottom half of society. You don't, the most everyday person doesn't get to see. Right, um, right. Yeah. And I have a come- friend, I have a friend that's a, a crisis counselor and I'm actually going to have him on for another episode uh, when we start our, our series on mental health called war of one. He's going to be one of our uh, mm-hmm. first guests on that series. And he works with people who are uh, starting addiction treatment counseling and uh, mm-hmm. people that are starting rehab and stuff like that. Um, so he's, uh, he's told me some horror stories, you know, having been in there, but you know, he's a, he's freaking one of the strongest people I know. And it definitely takes a strong person to work in a job like that just because it's yeah, very um, mentally well, taxing when you're like right up front with it. Luckily for me, lucky, lucky me, I'm the skinniest person there pretty much. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, sometimes you get people who think that just because of my size, they could take advantage, but I know how the shit works. So like, I don't let people usually push me around at work uh, in terms of like, you know, people, like, cause like, when you deal, obviously when you deal with people who struggle with mental health and, um, drug addiction, you're going to get people who are just naturally more manipulative because that's become their way of life in terms of the outside. Right. No. So, and see having, being a former addict, trust me, I get it. I have to catch mm-hmm. myself sometimes cause it's like those tendencies are still there mm-hmm. to kind of like, like, you got, you, got, you, you basically have to manipulate to get your, your, your next high and um, your next place to stay. And you know, you, you know, you, you said you, you're an addict. So you like, you, you kind of understand. Um, and I think, um, I have like a very strong view, um, especially with Yang's policy in terms of how he fixed it. Because like, you know, I've been there for four years. I have not seen situation, the situation, uh, get any better at all. I mean, really it's just getting worse. And that's, that's, you know, it's pretty proven fact at this point that it's yeah. just not getting better. Um, so and- I think it's not getting better because we're not trying in the right ways. I mean, it's like, you know, the war on drugs, we've been trying and trying and trying with the war on drugs, but it's just not working. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is a way that we can win this battle. We can win this war on drugs, but I don't think that we need to fight it the way that we're fighting it. I think our method is all wrong and we need to change it. 
You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, Albert Einstein had once said something about, you know, you can't judge a fish's ability to climb a tree or something along those lines. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I don't know. There's like, there's no, especially with the, how the wrong eggs, measurement on something, it's not going to come out right. Right. Um, and uh, that's why, like, when I first started, um, like, I, you know, being in the field, like, I just, I don't know, it's something I never really consider about, like, how how do we fix this besides, like, what can I physically do uh, to help these people out more than I already am, which is a lot. And I'm like, you know, there's not really much more I can do with the current position I have. Um, so it always, like, kind of, like, instinctively bothered me that, like, there's nothing that's being passed down as legislation to help combat this. Um and you have a lot of working to like, especially, you know, as I said before in the earlier part of the podcast where um, these um, the middle-class um, Americans uh, or, oh my gosh, I just like brain farted for a second. Um, so like, I feel like there's a lot of um, the working class Americans, especially um, like, I don't know, people who like are, I guess, I guess you could say Trump or let's, let's just say more conservative, more conservative. Blue folk. collar, blue collar workers. We yes. Say. Yes. They, a lot, of their, workers, a lot of their argument um, is like why we keep Narcan these people are not going to get any better. And like, I could see their standpoint, but at the same time it's like, but like they are still human. Like, like you, but see, like, like Here's the thing, like that argument can be very easily dismantled. Why are we constantly giving asthmatics albuterol if we know that they're just going to have another asthma attack again and there's no getting better? It's Mm -hmm. a disorder and it needs to start getting treated like a disorder and it needs to be acknowledged as such. And people might understand that receiving Narcan for an overdose is essentially the same as somebody having an asthma attack and needing an albuterol treatment or a nebulizer treatment. It's, it's no different. It's just, mm-hmm. yes, the initial choice to start doing drugs. Yes. I see that. I can see that as a choice. I understand that that's a choice, but yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people, the blue collar feels that, but, that that starts for choice. Like, and that's one of those things that, you know, people don't really want to come to terms with is the fact that addiction is actually a disorder. And, you know, when yeah. you have a substance controlling you, it's not, so easy to just kick the habit sometimes you know some people are lucky and they can other people they end up relapsing and going back to it over and over and over again Mm -hmm. but we're fighting this battle all wrong and we need to be looking at it from a standpoint of let's not keep putting these people in jail and further stressing them out and you know having their court dates stack up and fines and costs of rehab and everything over and over and over you know let's start treating these people and getting them the help that they need rather than ostracizing them and maybe their behavior will change Mm -hmm. i really didn't start noticing like the the core like i just i i I didn't fully understand um why this was happening and i didn't take until yang's um candidacy to be like hey this is a really big systematic government failing you know by letting uh purdue pharma run amok with the oxycontin yeah. and the false advertising and then on top of that um in terms of like the private prisons profiting and not actually trying to make these people like release them back in society better than when they came in like because that's not that's not profitable i can't i can't remember which town it was but i was actually just uh watching a thing about you know how purdue pharma specifically um it was a town in ohio very small town and there was one doctor there that had gotten charged officially, I think, back in 2017. 
because there were three opioid prescriptions, Oxycontin prescriptions for every person that lived in that town. There were three times as many prescriptions as there was for opioids than there were people even in that town. Yep. So, and, and the doctor was making bank off of it because the, the pharmaceutical company was paying him per prescription and he was just handing them out like Halloween candy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It, yeah, no, it's like crazy that they just got away with all of that. And that, you mm-hmm. know, the fine that they settled for was something like 51 million or something. And it's like, okay, um, yeah, cool. Purdue, Purdue that Farm, sounds like have, a lot to us, but that's yeah, like pennies have the on numbers the dollar right for here. them. Yeah, pull up the numbers. numbers. They, they, um, they profited up to the tens of billions of dollars and they received a, 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 around a 500 to 600 million fine. So tens of billions of dollars compared to a 500, like a, basically a half a billion dollars. Like it was a 2% slap in the face. Like, wow. Yeah, and it's just yeah, like, an absolute miscarriage of justice, honestly. It's mm-hmm. a total miscarriage of justice Ooh. because if it was an individual. Colorful language. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, language. If so, any, if anybody as an individual got treated like that in our court system, you know, it was like, you know, the same outrage that we saw over Brock Turner. It was like, Oh my God, he got sentenced for six months and then still got off early for rape. Like people were outraged. You know, it's one of those things of like the companies get away with this kind of stuff and they get a slap on the wrist. And to us, it's like, you know, 560 million in fines. Like, Oh man, they're going to be paying for that for a while. Are you kidding me? They make that in less than a month. Like yeah. that's yeah. pennies for them. It's like, nothing for them. They don't care. Right. It was it was pocket. It was chump change for them. Essentially. Exactly. No, um, they've got so teams of when lawyers. I, when they I started, don't care. When I started seeing, when I started when I started seeing like these systematic failings and the incentives um, behind the uh, behind these industries that are just providing no incentive to get better, it finally through Yang's candy uh, maybe see that like, wow, it's actually like a not like yes, you could say that. Like they did make the choice, but the problem was we we set up a society that is pushing them down a really bad path to make them feel like there is no other option. And what I really hate about it, and I'll, I'll, I'll I know we're all gamers here, so I can make a really good example here. Um, it's like it's like if you like make a really bad decision in, in Mario Kart, and you're in the middle of the race, and now you're put in last place. Usually you would get something in a power block to put, you know, help you get back in good standing. But in the current society we have right now, it's like always getting a banana peel in last place. Like oh, it's nothing's no. going to help you <laughs> get Overdraftfees.jpg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just no, there's no, it's like once you start on the decline, it, it's almost damn near impossible to, to climb back out. No, and that's and, the thing. And I'm like, it's for, for people like me, see, like I've been impoverished since I was, you know, since I became an adult. And it's one of those things like I started in last place. Like, you know, I I was in my senior year of high school. I'd gotten in a really bad car accident and things just kind of spiraled out of control. I was not able to stay where I was staying. You know, things were just all up in the air. I had a court case against me. I just turned 18. I didn't know what was happening. And there was just like, you know, no instruction, no manual on like, what do I do? And, Mm -hmm. you know, I failed to pay back debts that I owed. So, you know, my credit ended up getting screwed up for a long time. I was not able to find a place to live. And then when I finally got on my feet, you know, all this stuff started coming back to bite me and it all started to, you know, and it had escalated because I'd waited so long and it had just blown way farther out of proportion than it needed to. And it took 
you know, years. I literally just now, like uh, this year, like regained, you know, some semblance of, you know, being an adult and having my rights restored and like, you know, getting, you know, back on my feet and taking care of myself like I should have been able to five years ago. But it's like, it's taken so much work. And it's like the system has just made so much off the backs of everybody that's been, you know, pumping hard, hard work into it. And it's just like, you know, when do we as the citizens, as the, you know, as Andrew likes to say, the shareholders of this democracy, when do we get our freaking mm -hmm. peace? You know what I mean? Like, right. And like, especially when it comes to especially this um, drug crisis. And again, I, I'm in the field, so I, I see it um, kind of like it's a good example. I like when he brings up like teaching jobs, like because um, it, it feels me like especially working at these facilities, like when you when you release a patient only to find them coming back like a week later like or two weeks later or a month later um the problem is it's like these the home lives of these people aren't like gonna be the greatest and they have nothing to look forward to um in terms of like their situation getting any better so it like it, it almost feels like in a sense like i'm doing as much as i can at this place but at the same time like there's no really drive um, like the system's against them. So it's, it feels like, I don't know. It's, 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 I feel it's great work. Like I, I do as much as I can. And I have a lot of patients that tell me, you know, tell me that like, I, like they appreciate like all I do for them and uh, how much I care and all I do for them. But the same, like, and while I take a sense of pride in my job in that aspect, I wish there was just more that would benefit. Cause I always, I always tell them like, like, Hey, I want to see you again, but like I don't want to see you in this facility again. Like I want, like if I want, if I see no, you again, I want to see you. I want to see you out in the real world and passing and hear that you're doing okay. Like there's a, definitely a revolving door problem. No, and um, see that's one of the things of that Andrew's actually directly talked about too that I've seen of like you know when he's talked to you know paramedics and EMTs and stuff that mm -hmm. you know are constantly saving the same people over and over and over again. And that it's, is one hundred percent true. My my father, um, yeah, no, my, it's my father, crazy. brother, and my mom at one point in time were all paramedics. And this is is like the the first time I heard him say that, I'm like, I I just heard my dad talk like a few months ago, like this the same thing. Like it's unreal. It's 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 really unreal when it hits home. Like cause it, it's a whole. I have a whole family of medical like medical um services. It's so like what I, is your I, I what does your dad think of that uh, Andrew Yang policy that stance? Then like, have you discussed he that was, with him? He, he was he was like me at first when he was like because like when I heard Andrew skeptical. Andrew Yang's plan, yeah, very very skeptical. Like the whole like why why would you let them legally use like that doesn't make any sense. And like I had I know I'll admit I had that exact same thought when I first you know first heard it. So like um, I don't I haven't talked to like talked to him specifically about that topic since we talked about it the first time. Um, however, I do have the knowledge now. If I were to go back, I could probably like be like, hey, like there's like a because like I again and then I said it before. Um, I was I was also very I honestly thought this was the plan uh, about Yang that I would actually disagree on because um, I didn't think this is right. This is gonna be a correct way of going about it. But then he mentioned Portugal. And I was like, okay, like, and this is the point where I was like, okay, I like his math. I like his numbers. I like his statistics. I like his facts. Let me do my research on this. And I actually did pull up um, the Portugal study and I have it right here. And um, when I, when I was reading 
the success in Portugal, I was like absolutely blown away because they had a really, really bad um, heroin crisis. Not just like it was mainly heroin over in Portugal, um, which is obviously still a problem here in the U.S. But we, we have both oh, like yeah. fentanyl. No, it's stuff. a huge yeah, problem. Like it's really big out here where we live. It's it's kind of yeah. a problem. Oh yeah, it, and it's it's really bad in Ohio now too. Um, but when I looked into that study, um, when they decriminalized uh, opioids for personal use, like small amounts, um, and sent to treatment counseling, uh, likely to seek help, and they opened safe injection sites. Um, and this is my in my facts that I've written down here in this thing when I go canvassing. Um, their opioid crisis, uh, they basically seen a dramatic drop in problematic drug use. Uh, the one really big important thing right here is that it decreased HIV and hepatitis infection rates because when you open and I, I, I when I heard the safe injection sites, I was like, what the fuck? Uh, but when I read this, I'm like, oh, that makes actual sense because if you put them in this safe injection site, they're not going to be sharing needles anymore. No, and, and see, that's the thing. I actually have a friend who is, uh, I won't disclose names or anything, but I have a close yeah. friend of mine who was diagnosed with hep C because they shared needles. And it is mm -hmm. a very prominent thing when you are, you know, extremely poor and you have an addiction problem, you're not going to seek out clean needles. You'll be like, whatever. Mm -hmm. We're both good. We can just do this. And then, yeah, it turns out you can't. And it's just, it's not fair. Like, you know, it, safe injection sites, people yeah. want to bash it all the time, but it's, you know, one of those it's, things that it's... The, the, ultimate, the, the ultimate thing here is that no it's matter, not, no matter which metric... Legal, it's literally just, you know, making a place so that people can get the help they need if they overdose and make sure that they stay yeah. safe no while No matter doing which so. metric you measure this by, it is a better idea to treat these people than to put them in jail. Exactly. Our the system that we have right now we're is talk punitive. About the, the Don't even get the started about prison how... system. We'll talk about that another time because that's a whole episode for outrage. I'm doing a whole piece uh... on privatized prisons. And well, actually, um, and just, and just a little, just a little, um, this, the, the, the prison thing actually correlates what we're talking about. And I'll go ahead and explain that yeah. here in a second. So besides HIV and hepatitis infection rates dropping dramatically, we also seen a dramatic drop in overdose deaths drug-related crime and incarceration rates and what and that's important in the incarceration rates because i did my i did a little bit of research and i have actually not heard yang talk about this in terms of like the the, the numbers in terms of um incarceration and stuff okay so what actually and uh, you can easily just google this for anybody who's listening you can easily google this if you actually research how much every person in prison costs annually a year on taxpayers Every person it's incarcerated insane. yearly is at least thirty thousand dollars a year. Oh, that's, that's on the low end. I thought it was about eighty. In some states, it's uh, uh, up to a maximum of sixty thousand dollars. That is over triple of what I make in a year. That is absurd. No, and it's costing us money because it's not. Exactly. They're not going to take that out of different funds. They're going to charge. They're just going to raise our taxes on it. And exactly, you know, while I I will stand on the Republican front and say wholeheartedly, I shouldn't have to be paying for these criminals' food and housing. They should be paying for it yeah. themselves. They get universal health care. They get health care. <laughs> guaranteed. Let's get universal health care. Let's get them. Guaranteed work. Guaranteed. Yeah. Come on. 
Here, and, here, and, here's, <laughs> like, and here's a big let's get universal a, healthcare and take care of our people as good as prisoners are taking care of if not better like come on like why is this backwards well here's here's a big thing i like to preach okay so if we if these people are incarcerated um so point and this is a 2018 study because obviously we're we're currently in 2019 we don't have all the numbers yet annual or yearly so 2.3 million people were incarcerated right that's uh, I believe seventy one point three billion dollars we're spending just in taxes every year on these people. Um, we would save fourteen billion dollars for each twenty percent saved by incarceration, like getting them out of getting them out of being incarcerated. That's like um, uh, a third of the freedom dividend cost annually, or something. Is well, is the, the freedom dividend um, after it, the price tag on the freedom dividend is. Um, Three trillion, but it goes to one point eight trillion when you're um not when you're considering the current um welfare and um cash payout programs. And see, that's that's something that a lot of people they're scared off by the price of it and stuff. Because I've had to explain yep. to people before too of like mm-hmm. you know if you think about it, if if I'm getting universal basic income and I can now afford an insurance plan and I can afford to pay for my prescriptions and I can afford to buy groceries every month, I don't have to be on food stamps or have. Man. Uh, well, not only that, like, you know, like challenges people, where are your tax dollars going now? Do you know? Do you know what, what programs your tax dollars are going to? I feel like the government should issue a report showing us exactly where our money is PowerPoint. Being spent. Like, I'm PowerPoint. sorry. Power no, absolutely. Powerpoint. Powerpoint. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah. this is this when I th- when I did the numbers on the poverty and homeless, like uh, tax the tax burden on America, it actually pissed me off. Like, I was so upset that we were spending that much. And this is a big talking point, especially for conservatives. I was like, do you hate that, like, so many people are in jail and you're paying for their care in jail? And they're like, hell yeah. And they're like, would you rather would you rather that money go to directly to your pocket? Hell yeah. <laughs> like, okay. So if we instead get these people in the safe injection sites and get them uh, – like legalize um, opioids for personal use. We mass pardon everybody for a non a nonviolent drug charge. Like we save all this money in tax burden, and instead of it going toward these people you don't give a shit about, now that's going directly in your pocket. How do you feel now? Yeah, and look at the marijuana legalization cases that have been, you know, proven case in point across the country now that like. Even just like legalizing it and regulating it and taxing it has been hugely beneficial. I mean, mm-hmm. legalize it, tax the fuck out of it. This is one thing where I'm like, sure, just like it's better to just have it legal, cut off the 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 illegal demand, cut off the cartels, do all that, you know, make it freely available like it is many places in this country and it's completely legal to And to see, that's like smoke. I take more of the libertarian uh, view of like, you know, yeah, like I get mean, rid of the nanny state. The government should not be telling me what I can and can't be doing with my body. Stop spending government money telling us not to smoke cigarettes. We know that cigarettes are bad. Stop wasting my tax dollars making ads telling people that cigarettes are bad. We know. <laughs> Let people make their own choices. I've if always people, been a big believer. Like, I'm sorry. No, the point was about the money that they, they, they've made a lot in yeah. taxes from taxing weed. It's going into healthcare and I've schools and, said, and good shit. I've always said, and I've never been a, a big marijuana person in general. Like I, I, I don't smoke in, in, like I don't smoke at all. So like I don't give a shit one way mm. or the other. But like I still have the opinion that like, like yes, like it's not wise to get like really high and then drive. Like I still don't agree with that. So like I just feel I've always said is that it should just be be regulated like alcohol. 
like exactly, exactly. And that's yeah. that was my suggestion too. regulate it like alcohol mm-hmm. don't sell it to yep. minors you know make mm-hmm. sure that whatever is you know being you made is being drunk. made with you a, don't go to work high like, with a license <laughs> like yeah you know like if you're if you you know you have to be a licensed distiller in order to make alcohol and they have to check your facility to make sure everything is sterile mm-hmm. and that you're doing everything the right way do the same thing and have federal regulation. It, take it off Schedule 1. That's the biggest problem is that most of the, the research on marijuana has been getting done in Israel because Israel has a, robo- has a robust federal medical program. Shout Hold on, don't Israel. cut me off. I got this. No, I, this is that was a, that was a good <laughs> yeah, boy, no, Ding. Like, good like, boy. I'm on a roll now. Hold on. <laughs> so the reason that there's no studies done in the United States is because it's Schedule 1. When a drug is on the Schedule 1 of the DEA list – it essentially states that this drug has no medical or recreational use that has any positive effects whatsoever. So the fact that it says there's no medical use for it, they cannot use it for testing. They cannot use it in labs. They have to get special licensing. And it's very, very, very hard to get that licensing to do it. And only a few places are allowed to like, you know, select universities that have very high security over how it's done and very close monitoring of it. But in Mm -hmm. Israel, because they have a medical program through their federal government and it's federally legalized for medical use, the medical program for it, it's treated just like a lab study for any drug or pill that goes out onto the market. They do extensive testing. They have massive amount of funds to work with to, you know, do these things. And it's, you know, it sucks because their funds are drying up. They've been doing all the research for the entire world just by themselves and they can't afford it. And it sucks. But legalizing it here would allow more studies to be done and the medical properties mm-hmm. yeah. further examined, and we could actually treat it as a prescription medication. A lot of And the, that's how uh, it should be treated for anything with a higher THC content than you know what you get it's, high on. It's extremely and- complicated. I'm just going to interject this really quickly because it's a science thing. The reason why this is so hard to study is because every strain is different. There's a lot of different variety in the levels of cannabino- cannabinoids. Excuse me. So there are hundreds of com- compounds in the plant that make up, you know, the the thing, Boy, and they're, really they're the cannabinoids, and then there's the terpenes. <laughs> so that the like depending on which terpenes and cannabinoids the mixtures, and not only that. So not only is the chemical makeup of every strain different. Each individual unique chemical strain affects people, individuals differently. So that's what makes this so hard to study like that. But I'm glad that you brought up Israel because they are pioneering a lot of the research in the world because you can't even, like you said, they can't, you can't even Thank study you, Dr. Meshulam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was just the, 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 the uh, science interjection I had to put in there. That's why it's so hard to study. So yeah, and, but we absolutely need I, to invest in that. And is, isn't there like, uh, I, this, I haven't kept up with the studies um, in terms of this particular subject, but isn't um, mar- uh, medical marijuana um, really good for combating cancer? It uh, does not uh, kill cancer cells, but what it does <clears throat> is it, <clears throat> there it, is limited evidence that it can inhibit certain types of cancer cell growth. It would be a gross overstatement to CBD say that it has any kind of more. Uh, right? THC you know, is a good painkiller, for instance. When when we're reaction, talking about using like, cannabis in cancer treatment, we are talking primarily about treating symptoms like nausea from chemotherapy lack and radiation. Of 
uh, appetite, just you know, weight loss, uh, yeah. things like that. So I, um, we want to be very careful. There, there are some, right. along with along with I just remember seeing a study a while back. But, they'll give you yeah. really heavy duty painkillers. No, I remember. I remember watching a. Um, I remember watching a video of this woman who basically had to like basically get fired from her job because she wanted to um, uh, use cannabis oil to help treat her son who was dealing with like sporadic like mm-hmm. seizures and and like when he got the oh, oil. Oh yeah, it's yeah, huge for absolute epilepsy. That's actually yeah. it helped with and, but, and it she, helped but with she had to suffer for, for it. a lot of people that I know. And that's what bothers me because I believe it. Like there's a lot of um, like I believe there's a lot of good use for it, but the problem is it's just not profitable with these pharmaceutical companies to deal with it. Um, it's, it's more expensive to treat it than it is than to cure it. So there's, see, I'm, I'm going to push back on that like, a little bit because there's, there is some truth to that, but if it like that, that feels of the flavor of the conspiracy theory that, Oh, there's a cure for cancer out there. They're just hiding it, and that's very much not the case. A so big problem. There's right a, now. there's a line in the sand to draw there. I just have right. to say that as a science advocate. I mean, a could, big problem could right I see now, it? though. Oh, sorry. Could I like? Could I see it be a thing? <laughs> Absolutely. Like, there's our, you know, our government has done some scummy things I mean, before. I mean, I I think, think about it, though. If if you're a cancer researcher who discovered this thing, your team discovered this thing, you're a research team of, say, four to six scientists, how many people do you know in your family who are dying of cancer? Are you going to let them die and hide the secret? It's just not feasible. It's like if you think about the practicality for more than five minutes, like the moon landing, are you really going to get a couple hundred thousand people to collaborate to deceive, you know, to pull off some big elaborate hoax? It's just like... It's not and not, not, not practical, not like feasible. So later, there like, are I mean, problems with the pharmaceutical industry, and I think well, we need to unpack them very carefully. The pharmaceutical like industry fine needs China to be handled uh, in court. and be and but be accurate in the way that we talk about it. A big problem Sorry. that <laughs> I've noticed is the image behind you know cannabis and cannabis use, even from a medical standpoint. Is it's like you know we we have places to get certified where it's like, you know, it just, it looks like a, a legal check cashing place or something. And it's just this yeah. little hole in the wall. Scummy. It's very sketchy. Like the way that you have to go about doing it. But the image of it is that it's like, you know, there's no testing being done. So there's no merit to any of the claims that people make about it being good at X, Y, and or Z other than, yeah foreign studies Mm. and you know they don't like to accept that here but with it being like you know we we're in this age of like you know you know mommy knows best and doesn't want to listen to the doctors so we have these wonderful (laughs) awesome super genius parents out here that don't want to vaccinate their children and don't want to um you know they want to treat their kids sicknesses with essential oils and stuff and it's like I could see I could see marijuana being, you know, viewed as something on that tier of just dumb bullshit that stupid people. Well, because for. there are people who are making those claims that, there that they're saying they are, are saying things like marijuana cures cancer. Like, oh, pot will cure cancer. Yeah. yeah. And my response to that is, do you know how Bob Marley died? I don't. He died no, from cancer. He, he died from cancer. He got, I believe it was uh, skin cancer under his toenail. If I got my trivia there right. Listeners, if you uh, if uh, I am right or wrong, please feel free to correct me. But yeah, Bob Marley died of cancer. So you can't just say, like, 
if you just smoke a bunch of weed, you're going to be cancer free forever. Oh, yeah. It's 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 the extraordinary claims uh, require like extraordinary evidence. I will attest thing. to the it's fact that like, yes, it does help with pain management, but I won't go so far as to say, like, uh, oh, I can smoke a pack of cigarettes a day now because I'm not going to get cancer. Exactly. It's like, like oh, I can drink six liters of coke a day if I switch to diet. I'm like, no, that's probably still a bad idea. I guess my whole premise of like that whole statement that I made initially was just like, just because of how I seen Purdue Pharma, like basically just, just kill so many Americans just, just to make a profit. That's, oh, what, yeah, I'm, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. No, I, I mean, like, I, I, yeah. I, I feel like I can see a lot of hidden scummies things happen behind take. the scenes. Hot take. If corporations <laughs> are going to get treated like people, then they should be prosecuted for murder like them. Thank oh, you. Boy, that's for the day. <laughs> that is our quote of the day right there. How's that? How's that for a hot take? They, they eat it, boomers. Hell, just accountable. <laughs> Thank you. Like, I agree 100% on that. 100%. No, but like, honestly, like, if they're going to have status as people in our society, you know, and they're going to have all these benefits and perks as being corporations and corporations because of this law that got passed in what, 1960 whatever like 1967 1969 something like that it was like early like right around the time nixon came in are you talking about the fair reporting act something uh listeners help me out on this oh, um it's whatever act it's whatever act they signed into play that uh made corporations have status as people oh but like oh I feel are like you talking about citizens united like is it citizens united no i don't remember i don't know i've been <laughs> drinking girl i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no I but yeah there, there's now, but... there's nuance there that needs to be unpacked so we're, we're we are going to cover that because there are definitely problems with the pharmaceutical mm -hmm. industry that are not super cute and um, the insurance but industry it's as well it's not fair to say they're all literally hitler uh, and we're gonna unpack we're gonna unpack the Monsanto thing at length too because that's another super huge complicated issue like that that people are wildly misinformed about because and the week after that we're gonna be talking much about nuance. relations in the Middle East <laughs> uh, right two white gay men who've never left the country right a love story between two boys from a fire one in Israel one in Palestine. <laughs> They meet at the okay, yeah, no, I'm not dead. <laughs> Man, Jesus that's time. Christ. Beautiful. No. Oh, oh my gosh. What were we what were we, we discussing? Oh, okay. We, I know what I want to ask you. I know what yes. I want to ask you. Okay. Oh Jesus. Say what you were gonna say, because you have an idea and I, I, I wanna hear it. Oh no, I was just gonna say we got on the topic of um my primary job. But I say, but I also do a secondary. Yeah. Show. Oh yeah. Let's talk about that. Yes. And this is more. This is more mind. uppity and cheery than the than the pharmaceutical bullshit. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, on a lighter note, it's great, and we're gonna do a whole series on that called War of One, and uh, we hope that you'll participate in that with us yes. too, because it's yeah, be an I would amazing, love to have you on for War of One. It's gonna honestly. be an amazing yes. thing. I want to get you, you on with uh, my my friend Christian. He's the one I was telling you about. He works he works in this industry as well, and he's gonna mm. be one of our one of our guests. Mm -hmm. So maybe we can roll you guys together. For we're going to plant a big, yes. a big, uh, fat, juicy flag right there to come back to at some point. Yes. Because, you just yes. let me know what day yes. it is so I can plan in advance. 
I, get, I have the luxury of choosing my schedule. I just need to know an hour. Uh, uh, sorry, a month in advance when you guys are oh, yeah. doing it. Nice. No, we're good. Uh, we'll have good, it planned. Good. We'll uh, good time for an update. Uh, uh, dang. Yeah, that bell's too <laughs> far away. We had to switch setups. Uh, no, our schedule is back up. If you go to mindwave.media/schedule, you will see uh, all of our updates about our weekly mind streams, weekly and monthly. Uh, now, it, news coming there. But also, our calendar is back up. And guess what, guys? I am full time now. 24, 7, 365. So, uh, I may regret this, but you can go to that website at any time and uh, book a podcast recording with uh, me or me and Paul or me and Josh or me and whoever. Uh, we can we can collaborate on that if you have like somebody specific that you want to do the episode with. Head over to mindwave.media slash schedule. Uh, keep in mind... I just made this uh, announcement the other day also in the group as well. I did the uh, I was putting the spreadsheet together for uh, people to come on the show or people to invite on the show. That's one big spreadsheet. It's got 80 fucking people on it. Um, but we can cross off one because we finally got the wonderful Matt King on the show. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just, uh, that's just my out. quick MindWave update. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the calendar now, you can book, I think, uh, pretty much any time, unless we're busy doing other stuff. Uh, so, yes, uh, moving on. <laughs> moving on. So, what? yes, tell Ooh, yeah. us about Cur- your other currently. profession outside of working in the medical. I, I hear it involves stilts on occasion. Yes. <laughs> well, that's my specialty. <laughs> I love it. Um. Yeah. Um, about a year ago, um, I was, um, I'm kind of, well, it's, it's kind of sad to say that, um, I'm very big in the goth industrial, um, lifestyle and we, in my local town here, we had a night on every Wednesday where we go. And unfortunately that night's kind of basically died out and it's, it, it, it breaks my heart because that means I can't go anywhere anymore in terms of that, unless I have to go like Detroit or something. Anywho. When I first started going, um, I noticed there was a lot of people who did like dancing or they brought like some form of like light toy. And I was like, you know, I really, really want to like take part in this. So I went ahead and bought what's called a pixel whip. And no, it's not what it's used. <laughs> it's a whip. But it's not that kind of whip. <laughs> I get it. I, I, I get it. Yes. It's just basically uh, a flashlight. It's, it's, uh, like a, it's like a flashlight. It's a flashlight that have all these uh, fiber optics on it, and you just drag it along your body, and it looks really cool. Um, so I started doing that. And then I had um, this girl approach me, and she was like, hey, I'm starting a company, a performer, a performer troupe. Would you like to apply? Like, would you like to, like, basically try out? And I was like, like heck yeah. So I tried out with that Pixel Whip, and I got accepted in. And it was basically like a small group at first. A um, bunch of performers, and, and it was just one of those like things. They were just kind of like phasing out on um, the people who were more like serious than the others. And um, over the course of a few months, uh, they would have like training courses and whatnot. Uh, well, my my friend Brittany, who does um, the running of the group, she was um, basically um, bringing in people who had expertise in whatever they were teaching. And um, coincidentally, one of them was actually unicycling. And I actually got a free unicycle that day. And granted, those unicycles mm-hmm. aren't like expensive, or they aren't. Oh, cheap, right. Yeah. Mean. Yeah. Right. Um, so. In that one, I I guess I impressed them so much being my first time on unicycling. He's like, 
um, he's like, yo, like, you're like one of the best students I've ever had. And I was like, I was like, how much are these things? And they're like, well, like 200 bucks mm. or so. And I was like, holy shit, that so much for, you know, doing unicycling. And he goes, he goes, I'll tell you what. Cause like he brought like six to eight unicycles that day. <laughs> he goes, he goes, tell you what, if you can, if you can unicycle at the end of the drive, go all the way down the driveway five times without falling over or stopping, I will give you that unicycle you're on. And uh, I was like, oh my gosh. He goes, and at least two of them, you have to make a swerve and go off like parallel to the driveway. And I was like, okay. And I fucking did it. And I got a goddamn free unicycle. And I was so happy. <laughs> I, my heart was beating. Uh, yeah, I still love that dude. He still to this day will give me credit. That, like, 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 yeah, you did like one of the best jobs I've ever I seen anybody it. like day one on your unicycle. Like, so I have a unicycle sitting in my closet right now. <laughs> Um, and then after that, um, what that happened, and then she also held a stilt walking class and I got on one of her smaller stilts and I was like, wow, I actually really like doing this. So, um, we ended up doing it again. Um, and I went for more like a private lesson at her, like other, um, cause we were doing training at her parents' house and then we moved. Then she wanted to, me to learn the taller stilts at her apartment at the time. And I was in the parking lot of her complex and I tried the high-rise stilts, not like drywall stilts, but the actual peg stilts. Right. And I was doing so good my first time. I don't know. I just have a knack for doing things really good the first time. I don't know what the fuck is my deal. Um, but she was like so impressed. And then she's like, she's like, hold on. I'm going to go grab something real fast. And I'm like, I'm walking on these stilts. And I get <laughs> super cocky. And guess who fucking falls and breaks her arm? This dude. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. I about I about seen Jesus that day because <laughs> I fell and I don't remember much. I just remember falling and I'm like, eh, yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna like pass out now. And I, I remember passing out. And I remember my life flashing before my eyes for a second, and I can hear her like screaming at me because she was like crying. She thought I died. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, and so like, I came to, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm okay, I'm weirded out, my arm hurt, but I'm like, you know, I just figured it's bruised, and like, I go to my mental health job, and they're like, why are you holding your arm like that? I'm like, well, I fell on still, my arm really hurts, and they're like, can you move it? I'm like, a little, it hurts to do it, and like, you just, you broke your arm, and I was like, you, <laughs> did you really just come to work with a broken arm? <laughs> I was Holy like, shit. I was like, uh, I don't think it's broken, but like. I mean, you're the nurses, so. <laughs> so yeah, I ended up going to the hospital. Like, yeah, you you fucking broke your arm. And I was like, okay, great. <laughs> so there was a thousand dollar bill that the insurance didn't cover. Uh, I have so many of those. <laughs> Just don't pay them. Healthcare is a human right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. honestly, I love. So yeah, yeah, I love. So, sorry. <laughs> You know, you're good, you're good. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite things that Yang says is that, you know, most people are, when they get ill or when they get sick, they're too busy worrying about their bills rather than getting well. It's just like, yeah, you were just so focused on just like going to work and stuff. And I'm sure like endorphins has something to do with it as well. Like the human brain, like, you know, will, it, like when you break something, like it tends to, you know, send good vibes into your brain so you're not freaking out. But, <laughs> but still, it was like, you're just like, yeah, I'm going to, keep doing what I was doing like why would I stop and you know try to fix you know get, try to get better it's, it's really like a, a, a very punishing system that we're in a, a normal person would go to the hospital yeah <laughs> but, I understand but this though. dude was like you know what I'm just gonna hope that this is bruised 
Well, you're probably one of the normal people. Like, I, I mean, really, nor- I, people now are just like, mm. yeah, I'm not going to freaking go to the hospital. And I don't blame them. I wouldn't either. Shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. I got to get nerdy. Which which bone broke and which what kind of break was it? <laughs> oh, shit. It was, because um, I'm an anatomy guy. Oh, oh <laughs> shit. It was, um, oh, my God. Um, Uh-oh. You don't even know. It was, um, Come on now. <laughs> it was... I, I can I can visually picture it in my head. I just don't know the bone. Um, I'm like, I'm gonna put very intense ticking sounds, like some like cinematic. It was like tick, tick, it was tick, tick. it was. You have to come up with the answer real was, quick. Which was, bone it was, is it? It was um it was a really it was a really small bone within the elbow. Okay. Um yeah yeah um so like that's why I couldn't that's why I could barely bend it. Um uh, okay. And so you landed on your elbow, it's just, so some yeah, kind of like uh, yeah. compound fracture or something? Yeah. I went down on my right side, and I used my wrist to try to catch it, but my elbow basically took the blunt force mm. on the concrete. And then, and then my neck. Oh, oh, Jesus. No. Yeah. How tall were these stilts? <laughs> I was, they were two foot, two foot tall stilts, so I was kind of oh, like God, eight feet no. in there. Oh, okay. oh man. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna ask you when you were talking about the uh, pretty color whip, and I I popped into the conversation you guys were having earlier, the live stream that you two had, oh. uh, and you were talking about other kind of like spinny LED glowy toys. Do you spin poi? <laughs> toys? I do have poi. They're not Yay. LED, but I have poi. I uh, both uh, David and I, my former partner. And I, and I, we were like learning poi, so like glow poi, and it actually got pretty good. And then I just gave it up at some point. But like, I could probably do it successfully with fire. I know some pretty cool shit. I know like the spinny <laughs> spiral one, the like oh, yeah. galaxy one, and I know the like uh, wrap around the hands one, and the like behind the back and over the head and yeah. all that. Oh, really poi is so much fun. Back. I have a hard time behind the back for some reason. Um, yeah, so, it's but, a. But I like my poi. Actually, way. there's no LED in my poi, but I'm obsessed with um, veils. So mm-hmm. like when my one of my specialties besides stilt walking is fan veils, which is basically the Japanese hand fans that have these long yeah, silks yeah, yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and my so poi cool. also has silk as well. So the silk is always tra- trailing the ball when you're spinning it, and it looks really cool. Um, I love that. Yes. Um, if you have an so, image of that, let's use that for your artwork for the episode. I love that. Okay. Um, nice. I have a bunch. Um, oh, wait, wait. You have yeah. me on Facebook. It's it's all in there. I, it's all in there. I'll pick something. Yeah, yeah. I'll I get, probably, I'll get I creative. Can, I, can I love it. One too. Okay. But yeah, story about it. Back to story time. So I love it. So, so I was devastated when I broke my arm because I was literally like three months away from my LARPing event in June. And I was like, no, I can't fight. This could be a bullshit. <laughs> and um, so he's like, yeah, it should be ready to be like n- back to semi-normal in three months. I was like, thank God. He goes, but I don't recommend hard contact sports. And I was like, <laughs> jokes on you, sucker. I'm still fighting. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> LARPing and vintage arcade games, I think, in the nerd community con- count as uh, contact sports. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hard oh contact sports. I mean, in all, in, 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 in fair retrospect, though, in fair retrospect, though, I'm not a sword fire. I'm an archer. So I just kind of oh. just shoot people. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I dig it. Wow. I dig it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't really have too much to worry about. 
<laughs> but um, after that, most normal people would just don't not stilt walk again after breaking their arm like that, especially like one of the first times of doing it. But I was like, no, I'm stubborn. I want to master this because I'm not going to let it beat me. Mm. So I ended up doing, um, I ended up making the conversion over from peg stilts to drywall stilts, which drywall stilts are much more, like I have the same height as those peg stilts. They're just um, on drywall stilts, which are much, they're less mobile, like moving around because Alyssa saw me trying to dance on them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did not work out as well as I wanted it to. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, they're a lot more, they're a lot more safer and you can stand still for selfies and all that stuff. So it's, it's just more, mm. more of a safer route than peg stilts. Although, um, the Halloween gig, I just, dude, I was chasing people on peg oh stilts. God. Like it was so Jesus much- Christ. <laughs> I was sprint. I was almost, <laughs> I was like a fast jog slash a, a slow run at wow. people and it didn't, they didn't expect it. Yeah. I've gotten really good at doing these stilts. Um, so Oh my That's god, my be careful. Thing. We don't have Medicare for all yet. <laughs> <laughs> if I fall... Oh yeah, so that leads me to... I was about to say this, but this also leads me to, to the surprise that I mentioned in the earlier podcast that I actually will be on stilts at the Atlanta debate rally. Word! It's happening! Yes. Yeah. Yes, and I didn't... And nice. I didn't get to mention this in an earlier podcast today, but... You I'm heard it here be, first, kids. Yes. Yeah, you're gonna hear this. Okay, you're hearing you're hearing this second. However, you're hearing this part first, which is that I'm going to be on stilts, dressed as Andrew Yang. Woo! <laughs> yes. 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 Uh, Full cosplay on stilts. It. Are you gonna Are you gonna wear his um the the little the cartoon face of him like on a on a mask like a head? No, no, I'm <laughs> actually gonna cosplay. I'm gonna dye my hair black just okay. so I can yeah. No, nice. The suit, oh, the wow. scarf. Gonna, yeah. The the yeah the suit, the scarf, the hat, the math pen. Um, I would uh, advise. I would advise the blazer, his makeup. The, 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 exactly. the, light, the light blue undershirt. No makeup. <laughs> so many people bought his scarf and pin and hat just to play him um, for Halloween, and I thought it was the coolest yes. thing ever. I saw so <laughs> many people. Exactly. Oh, and yeah. in addition, I don't know how many people got that. And in addition to the the cosplay and the and the stilts, um, in my one video I did release, I'm also gonna be holding these LED fans that say Andrew Yang on them. Yeah. That nice. also glow. And glitter and everything. I uh, guys, I'm telling oh, you, it's yeah. gonna be a freaking yeah. Oh yeah, they're glitter. They're <laughs> yeah. Man, I tell you what, I had glitter in places I didn't want it be for you know two oh my weeks. God. <laughs> There's so much glitter on me. Yeah. It was it was a night it was a glitter nightmare. So that's never again. <laughs> no, yeah. So in Atlanta, basically what we want to do is have like a mini parade. So in Columbus it was, we we're fortunate enough to have like, you know, the truck, you know, the, you know, the uh, Yang truck, uh, drive back and forth in this, in this main street of Westerville little town. And then like all the supporters of all the other candidates were just on the street, like doing their thing, have the signs, chanting, doing whatever. So we're going to, so that's, that's called the pre-debate rally. I mean, uh, the, you know, a couple hours before the actual debates are held and in Atlanta, and there's always going to be one. So we're going to have one there. And obviously Fred will be there. It's going to be made some other stuff, made some other Yang mobiles there and having, um, uh, having Mac here with still walking, behind like the truck or something would be so freaking cool. 
So that's what we're gonna. Or in front of the truck. Yeah, exactly. We're in front of the truck. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, that's what we want. Lead the charge. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Yeah, like Andrew Yang. So that's what we want to happen in Atlanta. Just have a freaking party there. Just show these people that we we're here to stay. We're having fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, and just wait till I get my roller skates down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Idea. 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 Yeah. Roller roller stilts. <laughs> no, that's, that sounds like another broken arm. I can't even begin to imagine how quick I would break out of my own. I don't feel my ass about stilts today. My stomach hurts. Oh my god. <laughs> I love you guys. Wow. Well, you know <laughs> oh, what? God. Yeah, I mean, he'll probably. I think Mac uh, <laughs> will probably work on uh, doing his roller skating. But listen, if that doesn't, you know, if, if we can, if we can only do so many, <laughs> if we can only do so much of that, then we also have some other stuff planned, and it has something to do with mm. dancing. Do you guys want to guess what we have? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys want to guess? Oh shit. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> yeah, so guys, you got the bell, sis. You got yeah, the bell. Yeah, so guys, literally, as you know, I love my K-pop, and I found out that Mac, like, he kind of likes K-pop. He's more into the industrial gothic scene. I, I mean, I love my, you know, my rock as well. That's exactly what Michael listens to. You guys would get along so Dude, well. Dude, where the Michael? Where the hell is he? <laughs> okay, okay. Real talk, real He's talk. At home real sleeping. talk before he Alyssa goes on. So he sleeps at like early. Real talk before Alyssa goes on her tangent about the yeah. dancing thing. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a remix of Lady Gaga's telephone with the background beat of Du Hast. The- and I swear yes. to God, it is the best thing ever. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. <laughs> there you go. It is uh, so we, good. Like, we, here, like, oh, wow. Ramstein we are kindred spirits. Oh, 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 oh my God, put in the show notes. <laughs> my, my favorite. My favorite is the the uh, exclusive laser disc live performance of Book Dish. Yeah. Oh my Dish. Fucking got which translates roughly to like bend over. <laughs> oh, no. Uh oh, no. <laughs> and he, he brings like a little dog boy on the stage with the leash yes. and then he bends him over. And then he whips out a big rubber like prosthetic ding dong and starts like and then like white like he just like starts spraying like all over the place all over the crowd it's the most ridiculous I just see that right now insane <laughs> Rammstein Bugdish. Oh, I'm not putting in that oh yeah probably not yeah the- I'm not putting that in the show no, notes no problem I'll that, find that was shit. a great that that formed that formed in my formative years. <laughs> so Mac, in, in in my high school years, I, I I was a social butterfly between like the nerds and the candy ravers and the goths. Mm-hmm. And we all kind of we all kind of uh flocked or fluttered around the Friday midnight performance of Rocky Horror mm-hmm. uh in town, which was a combination like stage and screen thing with live performances and games and stuff, and this was like an every Friday thing, so I think we I think we are kindred spirits there. I was a little goth awesome. boy. I have some throwback <laughs> Thursday photos that would probably Ooh, blow yes. your mind holes. Oh God, I want to see. 
I'll whenever whenever you finally decide to go to an event, you need to make sure that I know <laughs> when an event because just... I need to try to get myself out there. I will come I, when, when I fly into Atlanta, Georgia. I'm not gonna be wearing my like my in costume or anything like that. Like I'm going to mm. be wearing a very goth attire. You like can't wait. The, hey. oh, as 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 Alyssa, as I told Alyssa, I actually kind of have like a K-pop goth. Yes, kind of that's my style. fucking style. Yeah, you're you are you you are very like sexy and androgynous, yes. and that's why I was just like, okay, Joshua needs to like with colorful people, like it like it's the exact. And no, I'm so see, glad that Alyssa's here like, because it worked so well. The first because time like Alyssa, you, <laughs> that it was like, it was oh my like, god, Mac would be perfect. colorful, colorful, beautiful <laughs> humans. <laughs> Yeah, and I uh, I, I love it. Exactly. And we're, it's, like I said, fucking, fucking kindred spirits. I haven't worn eyeliner in hella days, but once upon a time. I was oh, yeah. actually I mean, a drag mother at one point, but we will ooh. probably never talk about that. <laughs> maybe on the after show. I tell you what. I tell you what. The day I, I discovered, like, what makeup could do to my face... I, it was really, it was really weird day because like I had just got out of a, like a long term relationship and my ex had just like came back over to help me like put on makeup because she was really, she was really good at makeup, <laughs> and she was like basically she like plucked my eyebrows and we, I made sure I shaded and everything like that. We put some foundation on. She like colored in my eyebrows and like like made them crisp and pointy and nice. <laughs> And yes. I like, she goes like, all right, I look in the mirror. And I like, look in the mirror. And I like, did like that falling back. And I was like, how long have I been ugly? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> can I just say, can I just say, Mac, thank you. Thank you so much. Because like, as a straight guy, like, like the, we need more uh, of yes. you to like disconnect that, disconnect that like gender stereotypes are such fucking bullshit to begin yes. with. Oh Yeah. yeah. And when all of us, when we go through our teenage years and we're discovering ourselves and we're experimenting with expression mm-hmm. and and things like we all feel this like societal pressure that we need to be put into fucking boxes. Yeah, yeah. And I just appreciate you so much as a person for like just being the wonderful the human that you are. Yeah, yeah. it's like. Like no, this is this is the norm. That shit, that fake <laughs> that bullshit fake bull- that they're doing, that's not exactly. real. That's it's yeah, it's not a thing. And, this is this is the real yeah. shit. So I I respect the hell I out say of you. To, for people who like it's like why we why we work at that? That's not like that's not manly of you to do. And I was like, like well, listen, I'm not trying to be manly. Like I'm not, well, I'm not trying to attract like like I'm my general thing is just because I'm wearing like this makeup. I'm not trying to attract guys. Like to be honest, I usually attract bisexual women. That's usually the yeah. trend. <laughs> like I <laughs> the last, I've only dated one straight girl. Yeah. Like so I have like a ninety five percent like straight the bisexual woman ratio in terms <laughs> of dating. exactly. But but like and, hmm. and so it's like was so it's like. Like I'm not doing this for somebody else or to get somebody else's attention. I I'm doing this because I think I look good yeah. this way. Yeah, you know, you yeah, in your own and no matter what, it's like, would you beautiful. rather me conform to what you think is appropriate, whatever, and I be miserable on the inside, or just let me do my own fucking thing and mind your goddamn yes. business? Like, and stop trying to put stop trying to put me in a fucking say, box. Like, I mean, thank you. That's it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, like, no one's talking like, about your it's... fucking camo. <laughs> no one's fucking talking about your camo hoodie that you wear every goddamn day. <laughs> like, get off my back. Exactly. Yeah, self expression. I'm glad that you honestly. Yeah, I, I'm just so glad to have met you in Columbus, and now you're gonna be on the trail pretty much with with all the people that travel. I tell you yeah. what. 
You seen a, you seen a less tame version of me there because I was nervous to meet no, everybody. Man. Like, I am so excited. So, yeah, now you're gonna. I, I'm hoping we do karaoke. Karaoke, <laughs> Waffle oh, House, Texas Roadhouse. Karaoke, Waffle House. We're Texas gonna Roadhouse. You guys We're know, no. When, when there's one in Tucson or Phoenix, Dude. So if you guys are ever in our uh, neck of the woods, we would die. You said, you, you said, wait, Phoenix, <laughs> Tucson or Phoenix, we can go to either. We have, I have a friend have in, the uh, it's in the Phoenix, Arizona area. So if there's ever that, um, Ooh. something if that they way, do a Yang know. rally here or anything, or even like a Yang gang event, in yeah. Phoenix. Well, apparently, people on the campaign listen to this show. So if you're oh. on the show, get Andrew to come out to uh, Arizona. Yes. It preferably Tucson, uh, Phoenix works. Southern That's Arizona a really long drive. Awesome Southern because, Arizona would be awesome, especially because the know, borders here. Phoenix, stuff. Phoenix isn't the primary. If you're Phoenix, isn't really like a high priority state right now, is it? No. Phoenix is the uh, third largest city in the country, actually by oh. population. Um, well, I'm just talking are, about in general, like like Ohio is like a big swing state, and it's really important in elections. But like Arizona, Ariz- Arizona red, is but... going to be a, a an important state this cycle. It's not uh, pri- primary like the, or just the general. dynamics in general, obviously, but uh, is both, it also both. primary. Both, because oh, okay. yeah, yeah, no. Arizona is is uh, is another early state. Arizona and Nevada, which is why uh, the fucking uh, Vegas Village yeah. thing is so important. Alyssa, did, yeah, like I I covered this on our last mind. Mm, Scusi, it's okay. Burpees. I'm drinking, girl. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I put this in the last mind stream or last Sunday mind stream, and I added it to our website. Oh, uh, the link to your GoFundMe for Vegas Village. Maybe break down for a couple minutes. I know you got to go. Oh, no, I'm good now, uh, actually. So break down. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so okay. basically Vegas. Okay. But yeah, do you want to break down where you're at and what you're doing? Because it's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Thanks, guys. Okay, so right now, me and Michael Kim, the guy that actually produces the Gang for Us stickers of black and white stickers, we decided to get a house um, in uh, Las Vegas. Okay, it's like yeah, like near downtown. And he's been uh, he's been to Las Vegas. He's has he has friends here, and he knows that like okay, like Nevada, Nevada said it right. Ooh, um, it's a pretty under campaigned place. I mean, obviously, you know, Yang is here. It is the third state that votes oh, in the yeah. primary. But it's still kind of um, under uh, underrated, you know, in terms of like, the general public and just getting that hype up. So we're thinking that, listen, well, Michael first, he was like, listen, if I like drop everything I do in L.A., because L.A., you know, they have a pretty strong um, yanking there. Um, yang, yang, uh, L.A. and San Francisco, San Diego. If I just like invest more time into Las Vegas and like help grow uh, their grassroots and hopefully, you know, the, H- the HQ, then that would be very beneficial to to invest in that because if it ends up that you know Yang gets almost third in Iowa, second in New Hampshire, and like first in Nevada, like that would be mind blowing, you know, and that would create a lot of buzz and that would get people like holy shit, like Yang is like he's a fucking contender. So I was like, shit, yeah. I've never been to Las Vegas. Let's go there. And I, yeah, I would definitely want to have like some sort of like a communal living situation and just do volunteering full time. So what we're doing here. So right now I'm like doing the media coverage 
of, of all the events that um, Nevada, Nevada has for the Yang Gang. So for instance, there'll be like some foodie fest tomorrow and there's going to be like hockey game, uh, hockey game uh, watch parties and stuff that we want to be out there on the streets because listen, we can text bank, you know, in any state, but we're actually here in Nevada and like that one-on-one, um, you know, if you see people that are half the math or like people come up to us and like, what the hell is math like in Nevada? That is super, super important yeah. for exposure. On the ground is yes. different. So you want to do that, just do, and it's basically canvassing, but it's more like a natural, like, hey, like we want to go out and just see people and just be integrated into, you know, in, in real life as much as possible. Um, and then we also want to do some art stuff. So, you know, I <laughs> I may actually get a dance crew here as well. I don't know. Like we may just like wear like gay merch and like have cool outfits and like dance to Yang in public and or, you know, we may, you know, do some murals or, you know, do this or that. So it's a little bit of everything. It's kind of like a freelance hub um, for, you know, that's what we wanted the Vegas Village to be like. Yeah. I love it. And something that I really want you to stress, because this is one of the best places in the world to do it. Mm. Vegas is 100% global international. You have people from all over the mm. world coming there. We don't need to just energize our people here in this yeah. country. We need to energize people around the world and engage with them and say, look, we do not like the thing that's happening right now <laughs> with our current president sure. and this is the thing that we're excited about and he stands for our values this current president does not stand for our values this guy stands for our values so uh i have people in australia mm -hmm. um other than shaley i'm getting shaley on the show from aussies for yang and then i have uh, one other big aussies for yang episode nice. i want people in the uk i want people in hong yes, kong i want people absolutely. in japan i want people in south korea i want people in thailand i want people in mainland china i want people all over the goddamn yes. place i realized that a bunch of those countries were asian and i was not being no, racist. Good. <laughs> <laughs> all over yes. europe too no like uh, it's like uh, we we need to bring the yang gang global because, and you know what, guys, this is really important, okay? So what we're fighting for here in our country, and this is to the listeners too, the, to the Yang Yang too, what we're fighting for here, human-centered capitalism. Just crazy. The freedom dividend, redefining our metrics. We are going to be exporting this to the rest of the Can't world. Wait. And the, the, the fight is no. not going to stop when Andrew not is office. Close. We have to fight for every seat. Every seat in Congress, we have to spread the message across the globe to get every industrialized nation on Earth to use their VAT, for example, <laughs> to provide a freedom dividend to their citizens and make this the new fucking normal because this is how we get Star Trek economy, yes. people. This is how we get fully Progress automated further. luxury gay space communism. This is how we get it. This is how like the Orville happens. Oh, automated the gay space <laughs> communism. I'm with that. Yes. Uh, uh, Chet Gaines. Chet Gaines. If you're listening, I fucking love you, buddy. No, he's he's my uh, anarcho communism fucking buddy. We're gonna do a whole thing on fully automated luxury oh. gay space communism. It's gonna be fantastic. <laughs> 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 uh, basically the Orville yes, it's like yes. what if basically the Orville uh, I fucking love it but uh, yes Josh you're hosting I think I got everything in there that I want to get in there 
I have a short list of uh, bullet points that I want to run over real Mm. quick before the end of the episode, but I'm going to let you run it it from here because... You're on a roll, man. Have at it. Uh, no, I'll, no, I'll no, no. Out. I'm good. I only have. Oh, okay. uh, I was like, I, you, you, you were on your thing. Oh, do you guys want to do this week of science? <laughs> what is that? This week, okay. <laughs> we have a whole, we have a whole thing. It's a segment called this week and science. Oh, we're gonna this do a week of science. That's new. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Um. Okay, so uh, I'm going to pull it open. We like to pull open science stories. And uh, I pulled open one that I thought would be fun. So I'm going to read the first couple bits of it. uh, And then I'll put in the link uh, in the show notes in case you want to read more. Uh, This is coming from the Genetic Literacy Project, friend of the show. Uh, The article is entitled, Why Making Healthy Babies in Space Should Be Quite the Adventure. Uh... (laughs) So we're going to talk about SpaceX Ooh. and uh, having sex in space yes. and uh, so, baby making. Oh, space sex, baby not, making not in space, space for a quick like minute. Elon Musk's thing. So I'm going to be the first person to admit that my thoughts went immediately dirty and went, man, that must be experience orgasming in space and not knowing like which direction or like. <laughs> oh yeah, like, there's like I okay, okay. In microgravity, like, like, guys, okay, guys we, have a, we, have, we, have, we have a straight shot, right? But you, you like... can't it, like in microgravity propulsion <laughs> from little thing, little excretions like that. That is a literal thing. If you are naked inside of the spaceship and you aim your butthole in the right direction and you fart, you will fly yes! across the room very slowly. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that, does that, does that work with cum? Oh my god, that's nice! It, yes, 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 any, 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 any thing with mass, hour, by the way. so yes, a, a gaseous, liquid, or solid, or somewhere in between. Uh, Whoa! <laughs> so, Best this week it's ever. in micro, it's a globular clusters of uh, space cum, I love it. Uh, I know. Okay, you guys, and this was before I had the podcast. I had a chance to talk to somebody who designed the super secret, top secret uh, NASA space space masturbator that the guys use up there to get rid of their cummies. Uh, And it's like super secret. They don't talk about it. Obviously, they don't advertise it. But they have something for that. And I, I, I had a connection with the guy who designed it. Have a NASA designed flesh. They fully, they fully do, so that you don't get jizz in your in your spaceship parts. No, but I, I had the chance to talk to this guy, and I missed it. If you're out there, please, uh, (laughs) please get in touch. Uh, This week in science. Why making babies in space should be quite the adventure. Uh, author Ashley Juavinet, Juavinet, uh, November 4th, 2019, from the Genetic Literacy Project. Uh, Earth is great and all, but with climate change and the extremely highly likely emerg- reemergence of dinosaurs due to genetic engineering, we might need to consider inhabiting other planets. Uh, sending out a pioneering colony of uh, carefully selected humans is today science fiction, but someday it might save our species. And if we ever do colonize space, we're going to need to have babies up there, uh, which might turn out to be more complicated than it is on Earth. Uh, I'm not talking about the actual baby-making part. Uh, We can figure that out with practice. 
The part that's tricky is the fine-tuned and carefully orchestrated process of human development, particularly in the brain. Cells in microgravity don't grow exactly like cells on Earth, and a whole bunch of them in a developing baby's brain may not grow exactly the same either. Thankfully, there's a researcher for that. UC San Diego scientist Allison Mwotry is using blossoming clumps of brain cells called brain organoids to understand how neurons proliferate, forming synapses, and communicate, but in space. That sounds like a fun story. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) That makes sense, though. My brain is like... My brain is wandering all directions. Oh yeah, I'm sure like 35 hours uh, (laughs) no sleep will do that to you. (laughs) Oh, delirium is so fun. No, that's not even the lack of sleep. That's just the the freaking me going home. What are the possibilities? Oh, nice. Right? (laughs) Nice. Uh, this week in spines, spines, and baby brains, <laughs> spines. The best bacon and spines. <laughs> On what is it? Wednesday? Is it whiskey Wednesday? Oh no, whiskey Bummer. Wednesday. That would have been funny. On the <laughs> best bacon spines. No, it's not for up Thursday. Uh, yeah. Oh Jesus! Uh, I love you guys. Welcome to my no, I, Triple Malt I Thursday. This, show. this is my favorite podcast oh, ever. Oh man, is that better or worse than Tall Boy Tuesday? Oh, Tall Boy Tuesday. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Guess what? Tomorrow is this Fody House Friday. Hey! <laughs> Oh my and God. then it's gonna be turlet wine I, Saturday. I, I, I lived with hood rats for a while, so that was our drink of choice. Oh <laughs> uh, Jesus! So we're gonna do drunk shows at some point. I don't, are you guys drinking tonight? I don't. Um, are any of y'all partaking? I probably shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> you. Uh, <laughs> you oh, you're you're on drink? delirium. That's the premium shit. That's like the gold <laughs> the status <laughs> of mind altering states. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Oh, that's amazing. I I love that. I actually don't drink, but listen, I can get lit really easily. Like I just have a lot of energy inside me that <laughs> I can get really fucking dumb. So it's all good. <laughs> oh no, drunk me is ratchet. Shit. I can't wait to see. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> drunk me is bougie and flirty and ratchet as oh shit. God. <laughs> well, I'm gonna protect you. From- oh, we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> We didn't do ages. Alyssa, you're 21. Yes. I'm 33. Joshua, you're 23. Oh. <laughs> Mac, yeah. Mac, how old are you? 26. Oh, okay, cute. Okay, so you're not so bu- so you're not so super older than you're me. Like, I'm, uh, I'm not you're baby. like you're like uh, um f- 1.5 <laughs> wave millennial. I I got it. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. You're you're almost you're there, but you, you can you can they cross over yeah. to Hey, I I'm a I'm a young leather daddy. Let's get it. Dude, straight. when you did that <laughs> in your one video, I was like, "Hurt my ear, shit." <laughs> yeah. I literally just thought that on the spot. I'm like, this would be fucking funny. I was editing it. I'm like, I'm fucking dork. No. I, it's too late to turn back. That was funny. <laughs> no, I love it. You can call me leather daddy. <laughs> leather oh, daddy. Shit. Oh my god. We have enough of those out here in Old Bitsby. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) No, it's bad. We got a lot of good old Ohio. (laughs) Oh man, it's all good. I really. He's a rare breed around here. God, 
I forgot where we were going to go with this. This the the conversation's um, boring, but, uh, it, it the the concept of the episode is humanity first, and it's right. about Andrew Yang's people who support and like well, him. Hey, so like Ashley, and when it comes to the kissing <laughs> and stuff, I will say that. Um, oh yes, basically, <laughs> basically, um, me and uh, Mac are going to have our own dance group. <laughs> Yay! Yay! We're gonna be dancing. We're gonna make our debut, perhaps in Las Vegas, but if not Las Vegas, then definitely in Atlanta, definitely in LA, and we're gonna be dancing to Size Daddy's K-pop. So, uh, like, literally, I, we're getting mm. like we're gonna be coordinated with our outfits, and we're gonna have so much freaking fun! I cannot wait. <laughs> Okay, well, I I fully expect to see roller stilts, which will automatically <laughs> earn Mac his uh, his his membership in uh, Cirque du Soleil, where, where he will get to travel the world doing extreme acts of awesomeness. Awesome. Oh my god. Roller stilts, make it happen. No, no, no. It. Ice stilts. You got to put ice skating blades okay, on the Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I just, just, I just on ice. I, no, I just, I just, I just, wa- I just watched Yuri on I ice a while ago. So. <laughs> I love. That. I like. I'm a straight of man. Of course you do. So Dude, you're the gayest straight man of all <laughs> see, time. See, I am the no, I am the see, I am the alpha gay straight male. No, yeah, no. See, sexuality sexuality doesn't even yeah. matter. It doesn't matter what things you may or may not like going in or out of yeah. you. It does not fucking matter. Just be Girl, you. And I, I fucking love it. So bro type that I met that like to watch RuPaul's <laughs> Drag Race. Okay. That is like, true. A lot of people love that show. It's in general. It's fabulous. It's a, yeah. I I appreciate I, I appreciate it. I mean, me personally, I I am a gay man because I'm a man who likes man. <laughs> man parts. Like that's that's <laughs> yeah, that that's my yeah. thing. But like, yeah, for me, that's very much detached from gender expression and gender identity. And we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that in human nature. Do you guys want me to drop a crazy announcement? I can't wait till human nature. Yeah. Did we hear back from uh, that person related to human nature? Yes. Okay. So I I heard back from uh, somebody today who's controversial, but I'm very excited to have her on. Uh, We're going to talk about transgender issues Mm -hmm. and she is coming from somebody who's on the left who's a classic liberal um and is noticing the the movement away from classically traditionally liberals and she's been attacked a lot because her her stance is that yes she she recognizes her biological gender basically is is the thing that's just like that's nothing not something you can shed away and this is a totally mm, yes yes total tangent uh but this this is i've been wanting to talk about transgender uh rights and transgender activism for a really oh, yeah. long time but this is some fucking minefield this is a crazy minefield yeah. where like any second i could step on something that'll blow up in my fucking face so i'm very happy to have somebody who's on the left, who is transgender, who's saying, nice. you know, bringing that part of the conversation in. So saying that, no, like I am biologically male. We yeah. need to admit that. And we also need to respect classically liberal values, like protecting women's rights, yeah. 
uh, to, you know, uh, rights and spaces and yeah. things that we fought for for hundreds of years. So that's a fascinating uh, confirmation that I just got today from an unnamed uh, Twitter person but i'm very excited to have that conversation awesome. and uh yeah I, I don't know where the hell that came from but yeah uh human nature yeah <laughs> human sexuality is fascinating and we need to detach it from gender expression and gender identity yeah. because it's it's just it's becoming too big of a mess <laughs> we just need to just it, it really is and the words the labels are making everything very complicated oh, yeah. and i think we just need to stop doing that maybe and let each other be Good. I like that we're having the conversation. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It's beautimous. Hey, I just like makeup, okay? I just... <laughs> I like makeup too, bro. I like makeup. I haven't gotten to do anything in a long time. During my high school years, I did do drag. Not not cheesy drag. I did fully cross-dressing drag. And like I said, I was a drag mother for a hot minute. Yeah. Uh, where I actually, I actually taught other people how to do it, which is <gasps> a whole other thing. We're not going to go yeah. into that. Uh, uh, that's this is totally after show content. I don't know why I'm divulging this much. I can't wait. But uh, yeah, we'll have to get you guys in on the after show because it's yes. much more this and much more less like <clears throat> that. I have Alyssa. I have your recording. Uh, I think I have a few minutes of you from our, our last one that's going to be mixed into s- some after show nice. at some point. Uh, if I ever get my shit together. All so, right. But yes, uh, I don't think we collected any of that content today. Oh well. <laughs> It's fine. This is great. This is it's the main show. This this is what Mindwave is. It's it's fantastic. Joshua, you're the director of the episode. What's I, going on? I I'm waiting on you. <laughs> for, for what? Because you were you were going on your thingy, and I was like waiting on you to do your thing. Oh, I, no, I forgot what I'm, I was gonna say. I don't know. <laughs> for long I mean, I, I'm lost, I don't bro. know. Um, I don't know. It's it's fucking. Fantastic. We've got two and a half hours of Woo-wee! conversation here. I don't know. Love it. We're yanking like we're sitting on a gold mine of great conversation right now. (laughs) We yang in long form today, so um, I don't know. I think we should close out. I think we should close out with some final thoughts from Matt. Yes. Um, I want to know what your favorite policies are, why, Mm -hmm. and how they would affect you and those around you. Mm-hmm. So I've already kind of dropped the whole um, opioid, like right, truth, right, like, bombshell. So like um, outside of that, because I obviously have really strong feelings about it, and I've already divulged a lot on it. Um, I mean, it's it's sounds like just generic at this point because it's his flagship proposal, but the freedom dividend, absolutely one hundred percent, and that's just not for my own like selfish gain. Um, but this is actually something that doesn't get. Um, considered much in performing and not even just performing um this comes like dj people who do karaoke um any type of like freelancing um more or less in the performer and like performish field um but something that doesn't get talked about a lot is when these people try to um because we live in a mindset of scarcity um sometimes these people um don't want to pay for performers so they'll instead offer to um pay you with exposure and mm-hmm. um, when when you're a self-respecting um, performer, I mean, unless it's for something like a don't a, a charity or something like that, um, you'd like no, I like this is the job and you pay it. And you have somebody who doesn't know any a new performer who doesn't know any better, and you're like, yeah, sure, I'll take it. 
and they do that, it kind of creates a stigma that, that that is the more commonplace in, in the performer field. And that's while it's not like extremely common, it's common enough to where it's a problem. And while I have two amazing companies that I work for that I, we never really have to worry about this problem. They always give me fantastic gigs to work for. I know that this is a problem that they see um, from time to time. And when you, if you put a thousand dollars a month into these people's hands, not only will you provide the performers um, money to one, afford new pop props, try new props, as well as um, have money to keep maintenance on um, said props. But you'll also have this um, backup in case something were to happen to you. Like, i.e., example, I got a broken arm, $1,000 bill. Right. Hey, there you go. You're covered. As well as this destroys the whole um, paying for exposure because now we know that you're getting a certain amount a month. Yeah. So it's like, hey, you can at least afford to pay your, pay your person something rather than uh, exposure. So it's really good for performers um, overall. Um Elsewise, um, I'm also a big fan of the democracy dollars because I think all of us are tired of um, corporate um, lobbying money in politics. This needs to go. But yeah, that's really a, another big thing for just for this, just to keep it relevant for the performer stuff. I have a whole slew of other things that I could literally go on a giant like half an hour hour tangent, but I'll just keep it relevant to the performers. Yeah, okay. I I feel that for the creatives of the world, and I've I've mentioned this exactly a little bit. For the creatives of the world, we're expected to do yeah. everything for free, and this is part. This is partly mm -hmm. because of the rise of the internet. All of a sudden, anything in the universe is available at your fingertips for free, mm -hmm. and you know that usually comes with ads, and people are like, "Oh, that's <clears throat> annoying," yeah. or whatever. And then for content creators, we hit a crossroads where like. We either sell our souls to the ads yeah. to try and monetize our creativity in a way that can, you know, actually, because we're serving society at some point, serving but society's us. not valuing, yeah. you know, the the creatives that are making all the rest of this shit happen. Uh, and I had a very specific point that I was going to go to, and uh, it's okay. been a long day. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a couple of drinks in. No, but it's um. Ding. Oh, just on, uh, uh, yeah, really. I need, to, I need to. I need to get everybody a bell. Um, on valuing creators on the fucking freedom dividend, I fucking missed it. Uh, it's what wherever it was, I didn't. I didn't write it down. It it was a good thought. I'll I'll pop it in later. Well, no, you're good. I mean, yeah, artists are are. <laughs> But yeah, like we, yeah, we need to take care of ourselves. Oh, oh, that's what it was. That's God. See, I knew, I knew that was going to happen. My brain works like that sometimes. So, so number one, and this is, this is to you specifically, Mac. This is to you specifically, Alyssa, but this is to you specifically the listener. If you are a creator, your work has value. And if you don't value your work, nobody else will. So if you have an opportunity to jump in on a project, if it's something that you really believe in, um, put your time and energy into it. But if people are asking you to fucking do stuff for something specific, and this is it, there's obviously a ton of nuance here, okay? So I'm just saying value your own time as a creator because what you do is important. Okay, and I'm speaking to all of you now. What you do is very important. And 
put value on that. I'm not saying put a price tag on it. I'm not saying be a dick and say, oh, I'm going to charge you $10 an hour to talk to me. But just understand that you are providing value. You are worth something. And don't let anybody on this fucking planet ever tell you otherwise. Because oh, you are the thing that's making humanity beautiful. We need and to I hear that for you. sure. I think that's Thanks. it for me. I love Woo. that. Yes. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, that being said, it's, you know, it's one of those things in life that like, you know, I, we, we don't know how to value ourselves. Like we're in the middle of this change, you know, like Andrew calls it the fourth industrial revolution. It's so much bigger than that. And it's so much bigger so than much... an industrial revolution. It's a, it's a total, it's like an evolution. We're coming to the acknowledgement yeah. as a race. Like it's it, it like, totally is. We're Alyssa, coming to the like acknowledgement that like humanity. people it's are like worth more than money. And like this is the beginning of that. And it's really coming yeah. down to like, okay, money is not yes. the most important thing, but while we still have to rely on it, we need to acknowledge that everybody that is living and breathing on this earth, they have a right yes. to fucking be here, and we need to start treating yes. them like that. Like whether you're we an all artist, have whether you're offer. a doctor, we whether have you're of value. a homeless person, whether you're living in a third world country, it doesn't matter. Every fucking person that is on this planet deserves to be here. Yeah. No one deserves, person deserves, any more than another. Like we and, all deserve to be here. And deserve to have a shot at purpose in life. Yes. 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 We That's all what need it's a all about. shot. It's about purpose what, and what is, value. What is life about purpose? The system yeah. is we, never we, gonna we were, be we perfect. We weren't born to pay bills and die. Exactly. Not to circle back to Bernie, but like a government guaranteed job does shit for purpose. I just left. I just left my government job, which guaranteed me health and vision and dental and retirement and life insurance and all the rest X, Y, and Z. And I left my, my secured guaranteed government job because you know what? It didn't provide me enough value. This provides me value. Sitting down and getting to know you guys and sharing your stories, producing this content, putting these stories out into the fucking world, that provides me value. That didn't. And Alyssa, I've mentioned it several times, you are the person who inspired me to take that leap and say, you know what, fuck it. What like this? It, this is valuable. This does provide fucking yeah, value more than the other thing, and it's just a matter of like basic arithmetic. Okay, what am I going to spend my time and energy on? And it's going to be hanging out with you it. guys. It's not going to be cleaning toilets in a government building. So I mean, I'm, yeah, this is I'm, like something yes. that is way beyond. Yes. Um, yeah. He's tired of cleaning up <laughs> politician sure. shit. No, this is something way beyond um, Andrew Yang at this point. This is like creating like a, an entire network of just completely like creatives and self-sufficient people and just freaking brilliant people. Like I've met some of like the most kindest, smartest people I've ever met. And I'm only 21, but I have a feeling that you guys are way more like special than you think. So, I mean, that's so great, Jenner, that, you know, you decided to take the leap of faith. I mean, it's so scary. I know. And, and I know you guys, you know, I don't want to be all out there doing phone making and canvassing. That's totally fine. This right here is freaking beautiful and I love it. And this, like I said, you really are going to start just like, yes. yeah, this, this is going to be really, something really special. So you and Josh, yeah. And it's really, it's really cool, Alyssa, too, because we live in this really awesome part of the country where, like, 
we're in this little itty bitty tiny corner of blue in a red state. And a lot of the people here are artists. A lot of the people here are creators. And, you know, they're some of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. And all of these people work together and collaborate all the time. But like as a whole, the town is kind of struggling. Business is slow. And when tourism is slow, like everybody here kind of suffers. Yeah, it lives and breathes with tourism. It lives and breathes with tourism and people being being able to afford to come out here and buy people's artwork and purchase their content and support the creators of the, the work that the you value for what kids. it is like i mean our town would die if it wasn't for tourism yeah and you know people creating things and turning it into what it is so it's like you know with the freedom dividend like and us working towards fighting for andrew yang to take the oval office like i mean that's that freedom dividend is going to make sure this town yes. never becomes a ghost Brilliant. town. Brilliant. And it doesn't mm-hmm. deserve to because it's the, my most favorite place I've ever lived and it doesn't deserve to die. Like it's Good shit. And can can I just say that like we have a lot of goals as the show. We have some fundraising things that we are trying to help make happen including the Vegas Village. Yeah. I think we need to start a new one where <clears throat> We just need to understand and recognize the future reality that's coming down the line. And we need to get very real and start thinking about solutions to real problems that are going to come our way uh, when the next president goes into the White House. I think that we need to start now. We need to start raising funds uh for Clorox wipes for Andrew Yang's staff because that whole White House is that bitch is a mess and we need like ten thousand gallons of bleach and a bunch of uh, Lysol wipes and uh, yeah it, it, it was a long drawn out stupid joke all but the Cheeto dust all the the but, oh my god damn. <laughs> I love that. I was like, yeah, I'm going to into a serious uh, uh, pitch campaign pitch fund. No, we just need to buy that motherfucker some Lysol wipes because I'm sure that White House is goddamn disgusting. No, not only that, like I really. <laughs> we are well into after show. Oh my god, yeah. Listen, like I can imagine, like when uh, we get our freedom dividend, I honestly just want to spend a lot of my time, um, help re, um kind of reintegrate like either prisoners or like homeless people into society again because we've really done a lot of them dirty and we need to correct that that's one of the things that i definitely want to do um if i like if i have the time the money oh yeah sure of course i'm most excited about being able to support the creator that too i can uh, probably donate to whose work that i value dude you know yeah I can become a Patreon patron yeah. for the shows that I like, and I can buy the albums of the musicians mm, that I exactly. like. And it's it's about really a lot of this comes down to value. It's all about value. What do you value in your life, and how much is it worth to you? You know, and that's very much built into the ethic of the of the model for this show because it's like. Audience engagement, listener engagement is worth way more to us than any kind of corporate bullshit sponsorship to where we're going to try to sell products and services and fucking nonsense. It's, it's about value. 
like ultimately i'm doing the, i'm doing day. this like our politicians should be doing i'm not answering to large businesses and corporations that want to hawk me their shit absolutely I'm listening not to the people that are yeah i've had me. i've had a thousand subscribers yeah. for a long time like, i've never never ever ever and two channels actually one um vlogging and the other one asmr and i don't monetize on either or and people it's like, <laughs> fuck that shit. First of all, YouTube, they take a shit ton of your money anyway. Second of all, like people hate ads. I hate ads. Why would you want to listen to that when you're about to listen to ASMR? I don't know. Like, so that is my thing. So I'm just like, <laughs> no, ass. none of it. I'm going like, you know, to hustle my butt off and find other means. Like, And that will make me more like passionate about just like creating just valuable content like you guys. You already know. You guys are already doing it. So, yeah. Yes. Yes. Em- embrace the fuck the ads model and say value the content that you value. If you value uh, somebody's creative work more than a <laughs> cup of coffee a month, fucking show them that you value that content by paying, by by kicking them <laughs> five bucks or ten bucks. Because that's the future yeah. of content, guys. That's the future of creative work it's like you you get what you pay for and if you expect shit for free you're going to be inundated with ads and bullshit corporate sponsorship and censorship and countries like china telling what telling you what you can and can't say on your fucking show whether it's going to blacklist your whole fucking industry this is like one of those areas where podcasting is kind of outside the normal bounds but if there is content in the world that you value more than a cup of coffee fucking show them like if you love a, a certain person's music, show them yeah. by buying the album. You know, like I understand we all expect mm-hmm. to get everything for free, um, but that the one thing that I'm gonna you know most excited to do with my freedom dividend is to be able to give back to the other creators who are putting content in the universe that I value. Says upgrade because uh, if it wasn't think, for them, yeah, we wouldn't we, have found out yes. about Andrew Yang. Yeah, we need to all sure. embrace that. Like, let's make this Ooh. happen for everyone. If Jenner had not gotten into a lot of the podcasts and stuff that he had started listening to, we wouldn't have heard about Andrew Yang until later on. And I mean, I'm sure we would have still been smart enough to make that switch, but like we owe it to the people who gave us, you know, these, these, you know, shows and content and stuff to actually, you know, bring us towards him and actually show us like, Hey, this is what he's all about. And we owe it to them to, you know, give them something to show like, hey, we appreciate yeah. what you're doing. Yes. Uh, did something happen with chicken strips? I Mac? What was that? That was I was oh, like, wait, doing... what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> there it came in. Fuck you, chicken strips. <laughs> Thank you, chicken Damn, strips. Damn, you. All right. <laughs> We're all on the same page. So that's good to know. I love you guys so much. You can yeah. you don't even know that happened, but so thank you so much for having me up here for a little bit shooting this shit with you guys. Yes, big hearts. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out. Oh my gosh, thank I you. so appreciate it. It's been really fun. Like, oh yeah. my gosh, this is one of my new movies. You guys are great. Thank you. No, because it's like until Pop Talk <laughs> 2. <laughs> well, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna Alyssa, did you hear Pop Talk? Did I I sent you Pop Talk, right? I don't know, girl. (laughs) Maybe. Oh no. That that that's an after show. It's an after show thing, but it's really fun. So y'all should check it out. Wink wink. uh, On the on the whole uh, line of uh, uh, cosplayers and such, we got some leather pups. (laughs) 
uh, who they it's a, it's a and, sublet of yeah. the BDSM community and in the gay world. But it's, it's, but it's I can't have this conversation right now. <laughs> it's largely non-sexual. <laughs> well, I think okay. it's non-sexual. It's a non-sexual thing, part, but yeah, for the most part it is. I yeah, wouldn't describe it as a BDSM thing. I would I would describe it as a leather yes, dress-up cosplay with thing. That for sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, pup. Pup Talk 2 coming soon. <laughs> Stay tuned, kids. Subscribe to Stay us tuned. on YouTube. Oh, oh, that was my other note. Uh, yeah. Alyssa, I know you're <laughs> heading out. We will let you go. My notes. Uh, hey, guys, we're almost to 100 subs on YouTube. Once we reach uh, 100, Drunk ass. I have a super exciting announcement. We're doing the Mindwave 100. It's a super secretive, <laughs> super surprise thing that I'm fucking doing once we hit 100 YouTube subscribers. And it's a cool project, and you're going to want to be a part of that. Nice. So subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, we are also part of the Secure the Yang Challenge. So if you like the Mindwave podcast, and you like our content, and you like the Humanity First series, and you like Andrew Yang, and you're giving money to his campaign, give it to his campaign directly through our link, and that will be tracked. And if we uh, are one of the top raisers in this uh, whole Secure the Yang Challenge thing, we will have a chance to actually sit down with the man himself uh, on the camera over the electric internet telephone and <laughs> talk to him, which will be fucking Woo-hoo. crazy. Um, <clears throat> Hats other off than for that, electric internet telephone. Uh, that Vegas Village, please head over to our website, mindwave.media slash goals. <laughs> goals! Uh, you will see all of the things we're trying to make happen. Our executive producer, Paul, needs help raising funds for his administrative college fees. Uh, Annette needs help getting her purple bug fixed. And Alyssa Monet Mason is doing beautiful (laughs) things in Las Vegas. And we have a very cute and direct way on our website for you to help her do that. So other than that, that is it from me. I think I'm done. Beautiful. I did the thing. I did the, the uh, sex in space. I gave <laughs> updates. Uh, uh, Joshua. Yes, sir. My um, notebook so, is closed. You are in full control. All right. <laughs> so I don't know. Like humanity first. I always like to ask people, what does it mean to you? Yeah. Let's close it out that way. I what like does it. humanity oh, first man. mean to um, you? Yeah, go, go for um, it, Mac. Yeah. Humanity first. Let's let's make a nation proud. Um, rebuild the just the love and care between a, a neighbors and rebuild the American dream one baby step at a time, or one big <laughs> giant thousand dollars a month leap at a time. <laughs> I'm with the thousand dollar a month leap. I'm, I'm with. Yeah, I'm with I mean, yes. for me, humanity yes. first means like, we can finally do what the fuck we want to do with our lives, not having to bow down to the man. Let's do it. I like that. It's like, let's do what we value and stop letting society dictate to us what is valuable. Exactly. Yes. We create our own value. We don't let them decide what we are worth. We decide for ourselves. Uh, Yes. I'm all about it. That's the thing. If that's, you like this, uh, me, it, it, if you agree, become a friend of the show by heading over to mindwave.media, scrolling all the way down to the bottom of the page and becoming a friend of the show by supporting us on Patreon or PayPal, or you could just buy us alcohol ah. on the Cash App. 
buy him alcohol. I've stopped drinking. <laughs> I gotta interject so, one of those goofy shit things every once in a while. Mac, yes. And, ob- and obviously, don't forget to go out and see Alyssa Monet's <laughs> YouTube yeah. channel as well as my yeah. channel. Yes, yes. Check out their channels. Well, we will actually we'll link your guys' you. be in the show notes. Thank you, your guys' links are going to be in the show notes. So when it's posted, yes. you'll be able to go directly Cause, cause to Alyssa's you guys. Because Alyssa's obviously oh, one of the first Oh, no. And, we love so Alyssa. Is, so, is, so is Jenner and Zeno. I love all of you. I'm ready for Jenner and Zeno are two separate people. Both of y'alls. Both of y'alls. I love it. Did we have any closing thoughts? Cosmic wisdom. Something to drop on the audience. This is long. Oh, man. <laughs> this is really long. Yeah. We, we got three we, hours of You content. guys, yeah. I fucking love this, but this is going to take forever to process. Because is... Oh, my God. <laughs> we're at we're at two hours rip, and forty eight minutes. Al- it's rip Alyssa's fine. <laughs> yeah, oh, we're it's <laughs> almost three All hours. Right. It's fine. We'll we'll work it out. So we'll uh, we'll wrap this. Great. We'll wrap this, this up so we can save fine. Fine. Yes. Um, but um, <laughs> thank you to Matt King for coming on Yay. today. You were amazing. It was <laughs> awesome. Thank you for having um, me. Your insight was super great because it's like, you know, we need and I love it. I love it having other young people on the show, too, because like we are now the voice of democracy. What are you trying to say? I'm old. You're old, Jenner. (laughs) Am I 30? If you if you call me a boomer, we are going to have problems. Okay, boomer. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love you. Okay, I am 33, sir or madam. <laughs> we're so keeping yeah. that in. I love it. Um, thank you to Miss Alyssa Monet Mason for dropping by again. As always, it was amazing <laughs> having you on. And good Woo! luck in Vegas. Uh, so happy. It's Still links on our website to go. I'll help her out. Right I'm help you get there. Um. Thanks to Jenner for helping uh, carry me through this thing with the notes and stuff because mm-hmm. I'm very bad at doing notes. I just like to talk. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think we had a good time, you know, yeah. in 2020, guys, because this, like, this is what Thanks, we're all here Jenner. for. Sure. You know, you guys have you guys have <laughs> taken this huge leap and, you know, love we're getting you somewhere. It's, like, yeah. amazing. Uh, oh, oopsie, oopsie, poopsie. I accidentally hit a, hit a doodad. Hit it's fine. It's oh, well. Fun. I anyway, love you guys, love and you uh, thanks for hanging out with us on this wonder wonderful day that is today, and participating in this uh, humanity first series. And, uh, thanks for vibing yeah. with us; we appreciate it. This show, we'll have to do another. We'll have to do another one soon. Uh, now that we've done so many of these humanity first uh, episodes, I kind of want to get like all of the people who've done them in another core group and maybe do like a campfire thing uh mm. maybe once every once in a while where we I all get in together uh and yeah i i like the fireside chat idea so um we got lots of us in in the main group now these these humanity first people so uh i i definitely want to make that happen and thank no you guys problem. so much for coming on the show we had a whole lot of fun and uh, audience out there, uh, I'm going to spare you the whole, uh, our website is mindwave.media. Support us on Patreon. I'll subscribe on Twitter at Mindwave Podcast. But no, seriously, um, 
on YouTube. Uh, once we hit 100 subscribers, we're announcing something super fucking cool that you're going to want to be a part of. Uh, possibly if you like the show. And that is really it for me. That is, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> done. I'm, I'm going to go get a shower. But I love Mine you guys too. and yeah. thank you. Go and, subscribe uh, to My Way Podcast. Go subscribe to My Way Podcast. Mickey, hey Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we don't want to get sued now. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up, guys. <laughs> he's like, he's All like right. thirty seconds away from becoming oh public God, domain. Just wait. It. Wow, it's been a fun one. Anyway, <laughs> it's Bye. been real, you guys. Have a good night. All right. Bye. Bye. This is Annette Anderson calling from Arapaca, Arizona. Hi, Jenner. Hi, Joshua. Um, I am just calling to let you know what I thought about the debate. And I thought Yang nailed it as usual. What I love the most about him is when all the other candidates are, like, clawing each other's eyes out and bitching about Trump over and over and over again yang rises above the fray and he sticks to the issues and he 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 doesn't skirt around uh questions he doesn't dodge questions or anything like that he answers directly and and he's just freaking amazing you know that's that's all i gotta say um so anyway um Yang Gang for life, baby. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Mindwave is produced by Studio Stargazer. Copyright 2019.